I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL tour. And now one round away from being at the quarter mark of the season in terms of games, Boxhead. And again, pretty good weekend of football. Oh, another cracker. A few golden point games. <clears throat> good footy all around. Those few games certainly made up for the couple of blowouts on the yeah. Saturday. But other than that, I thought the rest of the round was great again. It was good. The Sunday certainly surprised me, the way those two games finished off. Um, the Friday, the Thursday again, good games of footy. Really good all around. So yeah, I enjoyed it. Enjoyed enjoyed the round again. Definitely can't. But I've got a little bit of mail, mate, this week that it might be someone's birthday today, mate. Mate, I, I'd like to. Conf- is it your, what is it? What did Mum say was your forty forty fifth birthday? Uh, our, our Mum's a bit special. She decided to text me when I was asleep at two a.m. this morning and tell me that I was thirty four. So I, I happily reminded her this morning that no, I'm fucking thirty three, mate. I was born in nineteen ninety. So she's tagged an extra year on. She's adding years on. I don't know if it's looks or she's just lost the plot. I think she's just lost the plot. I think she's off you, mate. So there you go. But thank you. It is my birthday. It's been a good day. Happy birthday, mate. Did anyway, any Penrith special would do. I had the day off work, which was nice. Uh, and decided to take my girlfriend mm. out and just flog her in any sporting activity, which was great. Yeah. Made yeah. a swing a golf club, which was mm. good value. Yeah. Hit a few golf balls over the back ankle golf at the Panthers couple flag players or whoever's out in the field, so if you saw one or two come flying in, I apologise, that was me. Oh. Went in and uh, did time zone, bit of fun, just killed some time basically. Time zone's unreal. Had nothing else really to do today, so uh, coming into a long weekend <clears throat> and a couple of days off, thought I'd just go out and do whatever, which was good. Happy days, mate. So there you go, get fucking old. We started this, what did I say this was, this year 11th season? Grand final was Storm Dogs. I was 22 when we started doing this. There you go. Decade plus. Shat. But you are an old man. I am. <clears throat> uh, this show is brought to you by bluebet.com.au. Download the app today, and there's no one better to bet with than the true blue bookie. And what a week it was for the charity account. I could not back a winner to save myself, but I hit three from three for the charity account. I got a, a bet return from the week before where the Raiders fucked me. So I had a 50 plus the normal 50. I had the the straight up 50 on Cody Walker, bank 90. Split the other one, had 25 on Murata Niakore because Matt Moylan's let every back row score and he continued that trend. Plus Curran come on and scored on him as well. So I think that's six back rows now that have run over Matt Moylan. There you go. 125. And then I thought Tommy Dearden was in good form running and doing everything. And six minutes into the last game, he scored as well. So. Ripper. Added uh, 290 to the charity account, Kitty, this week. $393.32. So a great weekend for the charity account. Thank you again to Bluebet 
for supporting us uh, in that endeavor, as always. And what are you really gambling with for free and confidential information and support? Visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Penrose Solar Center, there is no one better. Help yourself, your back pocket, your family, those bills, Jake and the crew there. They are number one, www.penrosolo.com.au. And get yourself moving with Toby and the crew at Sinclair, Hyundai Penrith, corner of York Road and Bat Street. See Toby and the team. Tell them that the fifth and last sent you, SinclairHyundai.com.au. The set of six, again, this weekend, most things sort of roll into the game, so I've just sort of put the kibosh on it more. Well, mate, it's your birthday. You can do what you want, mate. It's been one of those days, uh, and the weekend was pretty busy with work and all that. But I think, again, a lot of things that... People are talking about on the shows, Jack White and the tackles, this, that, and the other judiciary stuff. We've gone through a lot of it already. Mm. So rather than go over it again, anything that's relevant, we'll talk about it when we we get to the games. Probably the only point I really want to take out of, and you said to me before, you didn't say it last night, how Paul Kent and Crawley managed to turn everything that happened on the weekend, again, to completely deflect away from the fact the Raiders got lit up by 53 and not talk about Ricky and all that and somehow make it about Ivan and the club being poor in culture, and Semen, you know, shouldn't have done what he done. I'm like, dear Lord, this all started because a bloke went into a press conference and literally defamed another person, regardless of whether you know the backstory or not. So did you really expect anything less when a bloke scores the last try? And he yelled it on a football field, like, <clears throat> do we really give a fuck? But then to go on a rant and start attacking Luai and Ivan and everybody else and say it's, you know, they're classless and it's poor and they're a bad reflection, like, there's plenty of good stuff they do. They do a lot of photos. They do a lot of clinics. Like I'm pretty sure the club's in a pretty good state. Do I agree with everything Penrith do? No. But rather than do what they do to the Tigers and everyone else every other week and lay the boot in, the blokes just got smoked. They're one from four or five to start the season. They've been pretty ordinary, and they found any possible way not to talk about the Raiders. Like If that's not mainstream media for you and agendas, I don't know what is. Yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't see it. I respect so, I respect a lot of people's opinions at times, but I and just for this reason, I I don't care, and I say this, I don't care what other people say. I just no, I like just, not really watching a lot of media and just having my own opinion, and I think that's why people like this show because mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to be influenced by other people. I just want to have my own opinion, and yeah, the off field stuff. I, I don't know. I don't really like the off field soap opera and all the crap that goes with it. I think it's just that's the way the world's gone with social media and um, I guess there's more outrage than but, ever. Just but, more, and again, I you know I watch things in passing. I don't, and I don't know, like, I guess we hear on the grapevine some of the backstory, but I don't know the full backstory I, and I, I don't want to comment on it because I just don't, I think it's a really dangerous thing to talk about when you don't know the full story and too many people shoot their mouth off when they don't know the full story. And I just don't think it's something that should be played out publicly. It's more going to the point to you just honest. talked about again. I'm like, why are we talking about this shit again? Like, leave no, it, le- leave it where to. it is and talk about the fucking footy. How about you critique the fact of how they're going and where their season's at? Actually, break down yeah, what yeah. happened. That's more what I'm getting. At. A tough, tough watch for and, Canberra fans. And you dig sure. up again the same old shit, but then you've tried to flip it back the other way. I'm like, mate, this all started because, in the words of Pete Liddell, he led with his chin in the press conference and did what he did. So how it turned back the other way, I was just like, fucking hell, you guys can flip a narrative when it suits you. But the moment the Tigers do absolutely anything, like Dane Laurie liking a photo, God fucking forbid, just absolutely lose the plot and talk about the Tigers for 20 minutes again. Yeah, But, but a lot of this stuff is talk unrelated to footy. Hmm. 
So, I like watching footy and analysing footy, and that's why we started this show, not to harp on with all the other off-field shit. No, and if we do talk about any of that stuff, it relates back to a club and the running of a club or yeah. impacts on a club, not yeah. just baseless rubbish. But on that note, yeah, just saw that last night, so I thought, man, you're not even going to talk about the game or give them a rap or break it down yeah. or talk about what's going on. I've just like, blacklisted myself from... Every show, really. Well, I don't watch a lot, but it was more I was cooking. I turned up in the background, and then when I heard, oh, that I don't have sort a problem with anyone that watches it. Like it's each their own. Yeah, but it's the same reason. It's just firstly, it's a it's a time thing. I'd prefer to watch other things. Really, mm. like I've got a heap of shows I like to watch. F ones and a few things were on over the weekend, so I sort of spent my time trying to catch up on all that stuff. Mm. And yeah, like uh, the Sharks Warriors game. Like I, I watched that twice. Mm. I'd rather, yeah, I'd rather indulge in the in the footy and watch the games, <clears throat> which is why we all love the sport, yeah. not because of the off-field shit. So let's jump into that and look at these games. The Roosters, 28-20, first up over the Eels. Um, we watched this one together. It was good. All in all, I, I felt they were pretty dominant, but clunky they again. Were, and yeah. They left so many points on the field. Particularly in the first half. Oh, yeah. yeah. Three or four disallowed. You got Radley, bomb one, Tupo could have swapped his hands on another one. Like Lindsay Collins, for Christ's sake, mate. Three or four half breaks, and when that's sort of happening, I'm like, you know, you're not talking about a guy with great footwork or <clears throat> explosive speed, but when he's busting through, I think for Parramatta, it's a case of it's been, you know, obviously a rough start to the season with the draw. They've been up for multiple weeks. They've had a couple of big games, a couple of close losses. I think they were pretty flat the other night to start with. Um, yeah. A couple of sin bins obviously doesn't help, and I guess at the end, that's probably my one thing that I took out it for the Roosters for all the dominance to let it get back to 28 20. Probably not bank as much as what they should was disappointing, but then I reflect back on the other side of it when I look at the Roosters and go, they're missing their starting back rowers. There was no Joey Manu, and there's a couple other guys still to come back in the fold as well. So they're in a similar vein to what I said the other week about people freaking about Melbourne. Like You're not even seeing the best of the Roosters yet. We're not going to know what the Roosters are and how that's all going to come together, probably until post-origin. So the thing for them to do right now is to just win football games Keep your head above water and hopefully come the back end when the whips get cracking and it really matters, you can get Satili, Angus Crichton, Manu, Teddy, like Radley, all these guys in the field at one time because that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Um, but in the form of what they had the other night, I thought they handled things pretty well after the injury reshuffle. Suali'i, he did a good job. Um, they patched things up pretty well. Kiri, it's it's been a rough trot. We know the last few years, confidence and injury-wise, he obviously was able to have a decent impact on the game. But the big one, again, for me, was Jared. Jared's first game back and then the week off and then his game again the other night. He's huge. Um, he was really, really good. And the Parramatta of side of things. Well, he's, <clears throat> he's probably directly impacted two results just on his own, hasn't he? Mm, he's been good. <clears throat> and that's the other side. Like I said, you, you, you're going to have to wait a little bit longer, I guess, to see the best of cheese and how he fits in. And he started off a bit clunky and um, just all together having everybody on the park. Like to think about those guys, like I said, you're starting back rowers and adding Manu back in the mix after a week off and Connor Watson's going to be back at some point as well. I was wondering where Momorowski was because he wasn't even listed on their squad or on the website anymore. I was thinking if they moved him on or something happened in the background, he apparently... Cup, didn't he This no, week got... for, yeah, for Norse, he did. Let me have a look. No, I, he, he, played, he played his first game last week. He apparently yeah. had a really bad concussion in the off-season, so he's been out. Yeah, yeah. But I was played, looking for he him. He played for the Bears, I'm pretty sure. Because he's contracted for he another... He played for uh, North Sydney this yeah, weekend. Yeah, it was his first game back. Scored the first try in the game. Yeah, 
But I was looking because there's been nothing said and he's not even Yeah, listed. we were talking about Thursday night. But yeah. he's contracted until 2024 still. I'm just surprised he's not even on the website. I thought that's a bit, a bit odd. Mm. And haven't heard a word about him. Not saying that he would have been playing, but I knew he was part of the squad. He's gone on the lane. So, yeah, he was nowhere to be found. But uh, the Simonson Tedesco thing, oh, I thought that was borderline a send off. I thought it was a send off. I'm, I'm happy to be. I'm happy for people to disagree with that. I, he hit him in the head, direct contact, uh, and Tedesco didn't return to the field. He was clearly dazed. It's so, what, in my books, I'm I'm comfortable with that being a send off. Particularly now when they're just going to rule guys out with a cat too, as soon as they've got any sort of symptoms. The symptoms that Tedesco had were directly linked to the contact by Simonson, so I think it should have been a send-off based well, on that. My thing there, I know that you get the adrenaline or the decision-making and it comes into it, but technique on the jam, you've got to just dip a little bit. He didn't really dip. He hung the arm out. You've got to be straight in the chin. Yeah, like I, if, I just thought it was direct contact to, if, if to he, the head. If he literally does what you're supposed to do and dip Which, and kind of drives through his chest, you, you get away with it and it's not a problem. But I think under... Mm. The pressure of the moment and the adrenaline, as you said, he's just rushed in. He's lost all technique and basically just got him straight in the jaw. I didn't think it was intentional, but it's certainly one of those ones, again, where in the moment... He's That's just, an extremely hard thing to measure, though, in yeah, 10, isn't he's it? he's got it wrong. He's yeah. definitely got it wrong. But when he yeah, went but off... his actions led to Tedesco... Exactly. Being That's what I'm saying. As soon as he was off, and we talk about it again, you lose somebody for the game. Um, when we're talking about that and a shoulder and head contact, like it was pretty close to a send-off. But the sin bin, now the suspension. Um, yeah, I, I think similar to what I said before, the, the Roosters, we're not going to see the best until they've got troops back on the park and all sorts of settles. And I really don't think it's going to be until around origin or post-origin. That's how long I think it's going to take. Because mm. when Satili gets back, you're talking post-ACL. Maybe yeah. they feel they're a middle short. They brought him in a grade as a middle. Could he potentially start off playing as a middle? Do they stick with the Butcher brothers? You know, Crichton's definitely going to go back on edge. But there's going to be a readjustment in the way they play, their edges, their bench and middle rotation. Like It's it's going to be a very different team at the back end of the year. Yeah. Um, but nevertheless, get the win. For the Eels, I, you know, like I said, I'm not defending the result, but it's been a hard five weeks to start. Missing Paulo, some big games, um, and they certainly started that way. They were quite flat. They got picked apart a little bit. And I, I think they probably need a little bit of a change. We talked about this in terms of edges, but... They've had some injuries of their own. and Sean Russell was all but ruled out for the rest of the season, but I see he's been now named. <laughs> so I don't know how it went from shoulder reconstruction and done unless they've decided there's no more damage that can be done and they're going to rehab it on the run and sort of strap him up and see how it goes. But yeah, one of Blake and a couple of guys that haven't had the greatest start to the season, he's out this week. Uh, Dury, who's been in and out, Murchie, a couple of other guys, there's a few changes there. Um, so I guess on the Parramatta side of things, yeah, it wasn't a great night. I thought... Brown had some good moments. Madison worked hard. Um, Penasini, they got him a few times in D, but he had a few moments of his own in attack. But but overall, I didn't feel the scoreline should have really reflected the way I felt the Roosters played. I agree. Yeah, I so, thought it was a comfortable victory to the Roosters. Yeah, I guess we move on. And now that Teddy's out, uh, I think this week, again, haven't looked at that lineup yet. Surely Manu, straight back in, goes into fullback. I know Robinson sort of played with that one. Had a bit of a joke after the game, but... I think that one's a no-brainer out of the two options. Agree. That he goes back there and you leave Manu playing in the centres. So yeah, we move on from that one. Panthers Raiders 53-12. to This one was more shocking to me just in the way the second half unfolded because I actually thought in the first half they were there for the contest. Um, Penrith had some opportunities and some good ball and made some errors and they really made them work for it. 
uh, when they got inside 20 and the two times they broke them down was off kicks. Yeah. And good tries, mind you. Like Lil Wire to identify play three that he sort of had Chris midfield and could beat him with a kick, which which had to be perfect. Or was it clear with a kick? I think it was Lua. With which one? Uh, the first try. He rolled through. I thought it was... Oh, either way. Yeah, I've, I thought it was clear. It was a couple of days ago now. I've had a couple of beers, so brain's not really working on that yeah. regard. But um, it was a good kick. They caught him out. And then the second one was obviously that scramble with all the passes and the play. And Taruva spots again that Chris or nobody's home and just dinks it through. So That was an incredible try. It was, that was awesome. Yeah. But looking at that, I'm thinking, you know, they're here for it. you got Horsburgh who fired up and tried to get involved in the shit. He put a nice triangle choke on Dylan Edwards and went to ground with him and tried to flare things up a bit and... It was the sin being late for Crichton, who, to be honest, has been pretty ordinary um, to start the season. That gives the opportunity to get Canberra down there and they roll that grubber kick through and Whitehead goes. like When he kicks the field goal at half-time, I think that sort of reflects where they're at, thinking, all right, we, we might need that point later on in the game. Yeah. But I did not see the second half coming. I really did not see that coming. No, me, me either. But I just felt like every time they got down there, they were... They were finding holes pretty easily, weren't they? They were, they were scoring, and things were sticking for Penrith. And it just felt like every time the Raiders had good ball opportunities, everything came really hard. Everything was difficult. Whereas Penrith just had one of those days where every time you get down in a good ball, things stick and things work out, and it all comes a little bit easy. And to be fair, Penrith haven't had a day like that all year. They've looked clunky in good ball, and they've really struggled to... You know, have cohesion and form combinations. Whereas, yeah, maybe it maybe it clicked, or maybe it was just one of those days where Canberra were certainly not at their best, but Penrith had a, had a few things stick and built confidence. I think as the, as the game went on and became more and more dangerous, and they just opened up, didn't they? Really, once they their confidence increased and they had cohesion, obviously a lot of possession as well to go along with it. It uh, yeah, it certainly opened up their attack. And Penrith is such a field position team. Like you, they're similar to South in that South, like South like to have set starts. South like dead ball opportunities where I think Penrith like to have ball in play and uh, go about it that way. And it, you just can't have, you can't break cycles with Penrith and give them good ball opportunities because too often they'll, they'll camp you there for three or four sets. And even if they don't score, they're just putting fatigue in you and they're increasing the amount of possession that possession advantage that they have over you as well, which you know and it, sometimes it can tell on the scoreboard like it did in this game. Mm. No, I think what was possession? I didn't even look at the possession. Start. They just didn't relent. I'll, I'll have a look as we as we chat about it. Uh, I think I saw it before. Where was it? Team starts sixty forty in the end. Yeah, there you go. And complete. The other thing is the Raiders in the second half, Rapana made that error early and it felt like they didn't get the ball back for like 10 or 15 yeah. minutes. And every time they did get it back, they just kept shooting themselves in the foot. But they obviously picked on a few spots. They've clearly done a bit of video uh, on their, both their edges. Like Smith Shields hasn't had the happiest start to the year. Tomoko's outstanding in attack, but they can get disjointed in terms of how they're connected. So Tago found his way through a couple of times on that side of the field. Biggest concerns for me is what we talked about the other week for Canberra, I thought. The attack stuff in the Newcastle game was blatant, but the d- defensive attitude as well. And then on the weekend, to watch them and the way they defend in all facets, like 51 misses. Their first up contact's poor, like their intense poor. When they do their group stuff, they don't seem to be working together. They lose rucks when they've got three in. 
Mm. Like but I think a lot of that, you can link a lot of that back into... Fatigue. That's that, yeah, possession. I just, even before that though, and even when we watched that Newcastle game, when I felt like they were getting them at the end and gassing them and juicing them up, like yardage sets where you got play one, two, and you set start, like they're just poor. Mm. Poor trying to like tee off or execute those tackles and win. They're getting three and leaving a man on the ground or scrambling or someone's still finding their front and I'm just like, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, and I'll probably expect more. Like I'm hearing a lot of, they're doing a rebuild or it's not the greatest roster. Well, if you look at that Ford pack, I'd say otherwise. But Canberra haven't said they're doing a rebuild. Nah, but if you've got, Tar- Again, that's, that's if you've got Tarpany, Papali'i, Hudson Young, Whitehead to me is a bit older. No, they've, they've got Corey a lot of where they should be this year. The young guys they've pushed into their Ford pack certainly need to do a better job. I know, you know, the spine thing hasn't been great so far. You have a bit of a... Well, missing Savage, missing White and is playing, having a role because it means that you can't... Um, <clears throat> you just when you get down to the good ball, you're probably not nailing as many chances as you are because you're not well. Even strong reps, with they miss Fogarty for a game. Levi mm. turned into their number one. He smashes his jaw. It's still trying to like last year. They finally found a good combo with Wolford, Starling. They've gone away from Wolford now. They've had to bring Wolford back into the fold. They definitely need to get some stability. Yeah, but I think <clears throat> plain and simple, the two things they were doing well when they went on a streak at the back end of last year was they were defending much better than what they are at the moment and winning those sort of rucks I'm talking about and able to hold up, but they play through the middle. And when they win the middle, they generate ruck speed, they generate second phase, and then they run off the back of that and get to the edges. Yeah. And at the moment, they're not doing any of that. Obviously, the spine instability doesn't help, but the bread and butter of what makes Canberra dangerous is not what they're doing at the moment. Um, and I know Papa Lee's only just got back into the fold, but I, I guess probably just expect a little bit more from them. And, and again, like for a guy like Gula, you're a couple of years in now. Expect more. Horsburg has been good the last few weeks. But as a whole, I think that forward pack and that rotation is still way too good to be getting beaten up the way they have. Mm. So that needs to change. And I guess, you know, looking at it now, one and four, a lot of people are putting a pen through them. They were two and eight last year. And that comes on the back of sort of what I was saying again. Like, yeah. You can equate to the draw. The draw doesn't really matter at the end of the day. You've got to win. You can put it down to origin. Said the same thing again. Their origin impact is not great. Like Jack... He's probably the one who plays the most minutes or has the biggest chance to play, and he plays in the centres, which is less of a load. Josh Papali'i's minutes were very, very small for Queensland, so he backed up every single game. But it's sort of looking that way again, that this slow start is going to hurt them. They're going to have to make it up on the back end. Whether they can do that, I don't know. Whether this drama with the spine, injuries and changes, and now you've got talk around Jack and everything else that's going on, is that going to derail it? Um have they kept a few blokes they shouldn't have kept? Have they made some poor decisions in how they've structured and recruited and trusted in some of those positions? I don't know. Yeah. But I certainly think in terms of that middle and the rotation and what they've got there, they should be doing a lot better than what they are. Mm. Um, and yeah, this this wasn't great. But the second half, you just have to credit Penrith. They were ruthless. Yeah, they as were. soon as they got that opportunity, they like you said, they kept scoring. They juiced them. They took plenty of gas out of them. And, and in the end, the tries just flowed. Um, Tago... Ends up with a pretty simple double. Cleary's one. Hosking crashing the hole. Peachy from dummy half's the one where it really starts to hurt you. When it's getting embarrassing and someone just goes from dummy half. And uh, like I said, for them, I guess the real salt into the wounds after what happened last year and the bad blood between these two was the fact that Semin gets to ice it and break the 50. Yeah. So regardless of what you think about that, um, if, you, if you don't like it, stop it. At the end of the day, your performance is the reason that number went up there and that moment happened and... Again, it's up to them to fix it. I don't know where it starts. I don't know what's going on internally. I don't know what the talk's like. But 
to be where they are, to have the couple of close losses, but then to somehow roll into this a couple of weeks later and then the effort against Newcastle, I didn't see it sort of turning this way this fast. Yeah. Um, but I guess the one thing I draw back to again is a lot of people are writing them off already. Two and eight last year, you would have said that's pretty hard to come back from and they managed to find their way into seventh. So yeah. it's going to take something very similar, I think, with this start this year again to be in a similar position again. And probably harder this time around because it's definitely a much more logjam competition than it was last year. There's a lot more quality in those positions where they're jostling. So it's certainly going to be a task, that's for sure. But uh, for Penrith, I think the, the only real negative was Fisher-Harris. Uh, knee injury, they don't think it's major. Could be anywhere from one to four weeks. Have to wait and see, but... Overall, great game for them. Uh, Cleary was good. Taruva, Tao again, the back three. Tago had some moments. Laota really stepped up once Fish went off. And Yo and his 200th, he, just, he was exactly what you expect him to be every single week. Yeah. He's Mr. Consistent. He's Mr. Consistent. He's Mr. Reliability. He sets the standard for that team. He's a really good player. Um, for Canberra, I, again, it was hard to find many positives. Tomoko always looks dangerous to the football and is very damaging, but disconnected defensively that edge and... I think Tarpon, he's tried hard so far, but again, when people are going, oh, he's sort of not having the impact. Well, it takes more than one man with a forward pack. Yeah. It's hard to take play one carries all the time and or play off the back of a slow carry or slow set starts if you're not getting going in yardage when you're running off flat rucks all the time and just getting met by three or four people. Mm. When they have that punch with him and Papali'i and Rapper and these guys starting things off well and you're at least getting a chance to get two or three wide of the ruck and use some footwork and get between defenders rather than just getting mauled, then they build off the back of that momentum, but uh, at the moment it's just it's just not going that great. So moving off that one, Storm South eighteen ten. Um, the probably the big one for me again. The last few weeks, everyone's just talking about again. Stats sometimes are good. Stats sometimes are useless when you look at the result. The counter here, talking about missed tackles, and they were talking about ten early in and this, that, and the other. And at the back end of the game, they ended up finishing Melbourne with a ridiculous. I mean, out more in missed tackles, but in the end, the stat's fucking pointless because the missed tackles are there for a reason. The missed tackles are there because of the scramble effort, the extra sets of defense, the online stuff where you're covering inside out when you're short and defenders are jamming in and guys are sliding at the back or first up contact's not great and other guys scramble in and cover and make sure it stops. So at the end of the day, if you're 50 missed tackles, 20 ineffective, 70 overall classified as misses or ineffective, I don't care. If this is we what should care. Yeah, it's I, about I, it's about how they impact the yeah, game. That's the point. Yeah. In, I care in terms of what you're getting at, but how they impacted the game, there was a reason for the inflated number. Well, and I said to you, the, the only thing that that really tells me is that they've got more upside and more room for improvement. Definitely got room to improve, but again, you got brand new edges. You got basically, you know, different mm. wingers. You got a new forward pack, a new back row. Mm. What do you expect? They're not as well clued up as what they were but in terms of the effort and the energy in particular that last 15 minutes and the try saves where Meany gets Johnston Harry gets one across and cover the Tui Kamika one I don't care about those numbers when they're scramble efforts and well, that, cover that's the point. Yeah. and that's why those numbers get inflated mm. those numbers could have been less but I think they... people just hit, have hitched their wagon a little bit to that because it's very unstormlike which is true yeah but it's not well, it's I'm... not actually having a direct impact or a direct correlation to the result. And it's the same as what I said last week about some Tigers people going, well, we have the most offloads, the most metres. I'm like, well, at the end but of the day... The thing for Melbourne and Melbourne fans and people that are making comment around, that is that that, that's, that will improve. There's no way they'll get to the end of the year. No, and be and missing have 50 most, have the most missed tackles in the competition. That, that would genuinely shock me. But, yeah, like I said again, you can quantify a stat mm. if it has an impact. 
Well, then look at experience in their team. They've got a lot of inexperienced players. So that... Warbury, you know, when you're getting used to Peasant, NRL, Liero, you're going to miss tackles. So I, overall, as a fan, I was very happy with this result. And that's um, why you've heard Bellamy hasn't really spoken about missed tackles. He's spoken about effort. Yeah, and that's my point here. He, he doesn't care, I guess, about the misses in general if they're working their asses off like they did in the back end to close the result out. Yeah. And I think for here, South to me probably <laughs> felt the scoreboard pressure a little bit at the back end. I didn't think... They needed to push or panic as much as they probably did. Yeah, I think they've got a habit of doing that, South. I think they would have had the job done pretty easily, in, in all honesty, if they'd have selled and probably juiced them and got a few repeats and calmed down a bit. But there was uh, a bit of rushed play. And I think that probably the other thing they didn't go back to enough was attacking Peasant. They got Peasant early, where they went straight through him with Murray and he offloads and, and gets Cody sort of through. And that's a very inexperienced edge. And again, a spot where you probably should have got more traffic at. But yeah. Uh, didn't really pan out that way for them you know overall as well probably think they could use a little bit more help while they're short on their middles and their set starts like we all know Johnston can finish but he's not exactly helpful there Thompson I feel has been okay so far but like a, a guy with his body Latrell also like play 1-2 when you're you're short like they are in the middle rotation at the moment missing Arrow missing Totola you know Harvili until mid-year night those sort of guys they'll play in there you need a little bit more help. Mm. Um, but overall, I, I thought this was one where their frustration and sort of pushing things in Melbourne's outstanding effort in the last 10, 15 in the defense was the difference in the game. And also, for, I guess for Melbourne, there's room for improvement in their attack, which similar deal to most teams, will not be the best form of itself until you hopefully get all your players back on the field. Yeah, You've had Munster Pezzett, Munster Hughes. Harry's been the only constant along with Meany. Pappenhausen, they're saying, up and running and hopefully going to be right five or six weeks. Does he last? I don't know. Nelson's missing. Like you, When you get all these guys back in there, get some games in and get your combinations, similar deal. You're not going to see the best possible version of this team or know what it is until later in the year. But for now, I think yeah. the key that you probably brought up at the start there was the effort. The effort got them the result on this night. Yep. And I think yep. Cameron Munster... A huge result. And Harry Grant obviously make a huge difference in attack. Harry was outstanding. Um, five or six runs early, signaled his intent, and just about every try had Munster's hands in it. Yeah. The the one that killed me, though, was that line break where he probably could have held it or executed a better pass on play one. He went like 70 metres and he threw a shocker. But he had the quick hands from the Eisenhuth offload where Coates kicks back inside, um, was involved. Heavily in the game along with Harry. And again, probably the, the biggest thing here was the group defense. Yeah. It was outstanding. Um, but for Souths, they could certainly use those middle troops back. Tough draw, similar deal for them to start the year. But yeah, just that bit of patience. Just seems like any time there's a bit of scoreboard pressure or things aren't really going their way, um, yeah. they can overplay their hand a little bit rather than just settling down and waiting for the right moment. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. But Cody, you know... He, they, he, yeah, they just lose composure mm. too easily and panic and they feel scoreboard pressure. I think that's the biggest the biggest downside to South or the biggest negative that I see in them. They're, they're obviously not playing well. And well, as a team, I think they're playing okay. But some individuals aren't quite where they need to be and that's quite obvious. And we know that's going to change with the more games that they played, particularly taking into consideration how short of a preseason a lot of these guys have had on the back of the World Cup. But it's just their composure as a team and their direction when they're placed under a little bit of pressure. That's 
there's a little bit of a question mark there. And the only way that they can answer that is to deal with it and get positive results when they're faced with it. Mm. And I, I think this week they have to have to win. I know they're still missing some middles, but mm. the injury toll at the Bulldogs at the moment mm. and the situation they've got this week on Good Friday, huge game yeah. after a rough start and being two and five, they like they're not going to get given many better opportunities. Like they're light on their middle themselves, but I think the Dogs are getting dispensation for at least two or three guys this week. Yeah, and have an absolute bloodbath in their forward pack. So um, now that they've sort of got out of a harder part of their draw, they need to start stringing some games together. Again, heading into Origin, where you're potentially going to have a few guys missing, so um, that and health is obviously important. I don't know, other than maybe Totola, I think he's close. There's no sort of timeline at the moment on Arrow, Shaq Mitchell um, with that foot injury, Havili Knight haven't played a game yet. Like when they sort of had that rotation last year, without a few more reliable guys in there, and they're not the most well-known names. It really worked for them, um, and at the moment, they obviously don't have that. So. That's obviously going to be a massive positive for them. For Melbourne, their draw so far, this game and probably the Parramatta game are the, the two most difficult ones they've played. The Dogs obviously got them down there when they were short on troops. The Tigers game certainly wasn't impressive and the, and the Titans one wasn't impressive. But again, you, this is not the fully formed version of what you're going to see later on the year. Yeah. Health might prevent that, but more games and a few guys coming back in um, and all those things you've said, World Cup, pre-season... This is not the finished product. Um, this week, who are they playing? They got the Roosters, which is really hard. And similarly, like I said, for them, troops-wise, um, that's a really difficult one for me to tip at this point in time. Yeah. You're talking <clears throat> Melbourne and Melbourne. Don't think they get anyone back. But, you know, building on what they've got, you've got Manu coming back in. You've had Rhea Hargraves. Cheese will be certainly, surely, one to play his best game. This week, walking, you know, Kiri Walker, they're sort of building on things. But, uh, yeah, I, I still stick by what I said the other week. Any of these teams that have started off 50-50 that are these better-known teams, I've got no doubt they're going to be there at the back end. The win records and the, how secure they are in the top four, how early than it has been the last couple of years is a direct result of all those flow-ons from the off-season, the World Cup, in the last few years that like we've talked about. Yeah. So it's going to be very, very interesting to watch, but... I still got no doubt in South, Melbourne, Roosters, all these teams that they're going to be there when it matters. Mm-hmm. So, moving on from that one, Manly Newcastle. Now, this was <laughs> this was a strange game. It was a back and forth. It was quite entertaining, but no one wanted to tackle. That's for sure. Yeah, we had two pretty simple tries to start off. Where Olakwatu literally just gets thrown a ball flat and beats Gamble on a couple of guys and. Lockie Miller says he got lost or didn't realise where he was in the field. I think Lockie Miller realised he was giving up 30 kilos and it's not rugby sevens anymore and thought, fuck that. Um, Tui Plotty limps over literally for the second one where they create an overlap. And then a Sinbin Ovalokuatu opens things up for Newcastle who sort of punched back straight away. And, and that was the story of the game. Anytime yeah. someone got momentum, they'd either make an error, stuff up or give away a glut of possession or vice versa, back the other direction. And it just sort of ebbed and flowed. Two tries here, two tries there. But the examples of what I'm talking about, and both teams certainly need to work on some defense. Like when Dom Young literally skirts around the outside of the whole team and just starts running upfield, um, that was a really nice try in the way it was constructed in the end. The ball back inside, him, Frizz, Miller, Hastings all have a hand in it, but that, that's not exactly what you want to see if you see Bob. Defensively? Nah. No. Like that's some under eight shit when a bloke skirts across the front of five or six players from dummy half. Yeah. And goes on around the outside. Like I, I think they've, again, had some real positives, like we said, early on. But there's still plenty of growth left in them, particularly 
defensively. defensively. And, and I guess for a Newcastle perspective, to get some troops back the last few weeks and see some resilience and some fight, like if I'm a Newcastle fan, I'm pretty happy, to be honest, what I've seen the last well, few weeks. I think the thing for Manly is that their attack looks really, really good. Like they're generating a lot of opportunities. They're scoring a lot of points. You just really you're just backing that week in week out. You're going to work really hard on your defence, and gradually as the year goes on, that's going to get better. Mm. And that, that's clearly the area they need to work on. Because, mm. like you said, strike back rows. Now, like you're not going to get a lot of defensive work in. Like you, you will get some in on a week to week on a normal week. But I mean, most of your growth defensively, I think, happens when you're practicing whatever your uh, whatever your trademarks or your systems are defensively. You're practicing them during games. And you're seeing improvement during games. And Manly got a lot of young players and um, guys playing, you know, in new positions. So, yeah, I think just the more time that they, they play together, the better they're going to be. And limiting, I think limiting errors and penalties is going to be a, a big thing for Manly as well. But when you want to play that style of attack that they're um, they're playing at the moment with a lot of passing and a lot of, you know, I guess high tempo attack that's going to come with some errors at times. So what you're saying is right. They just they need to do a better job of limiting the damage, I guess, defensively when they well, do. Well, like the Parramatta game, little clut, gluts of they're very effective, but some of the tries and no, they came about to let them yeah, back in. I think some of the as different style of game. Like Manly were really aggressive and physical early, and I think that probably took a physical toll on them late in the game. They also skipped away to a decent lead, and I think they took their foot off the pedal a little bit yeah, in that game. That's not going like, to... This same. game was a little bit different like because they shot out to that early lead and then found themselves behind after they had a man in the sin bin. Mm. It was just a game of momentum shifts and really neither team, when momentum shifted against them, could come up with a defensive solve. Uh, the other one for me, I know Adam O'Brien wasn't happy with the Bradman the best one. Like I don't know what he's looking at. Wasn't happy with it being a no try. Forget the grounding side of things. Like possession was lost, touched another player, yeah. and then went back in your possession. That's a clean loss and regather. Yeah. Wasn't a bobble. I wasn't guess a half probably grip. Like O'Brien's just... frustration is that if that's the play before, then they're not looking at that. But I get, we know I... that every try scoring play is looked at. And I'm with you. I didn't have a massive problem with that interpretation. Like, I've argued about the grounding thing, which has been loosened up this year and going in. But in that situation, to say, well, if that was a grounding, well, it wasn't a grounding, mate. Like. Possession cleanly left, touched another player, then yeah. went back in his possession. That's yeah. a knock-on on any part of my, the field. My whole thing time. with grounding has been just the difference between in goal and the rest of the field. Mm. Uh, but I, I don't think there was any inconsistency there. No, nah, He lost surprised. possession, and I think he probably regained possession yeah. because of the defender's arm. But he still has some accountability. No, no, no. I, I'm saying he, he has full accountability mm. for ball control. When the, defender, some... the defender has zero accountability in regards to ball yeah. control unless he's... Actively playing. trying to strip it, yeah. See, the week before where they had the kick out one, and that's the other, where it's like, to me, that's blatant. The eyes are on it, two hands, yeah. rips down. And it he, was a natural... He had to uh, fucking... Like a deliberate movement. Like he smoked that ball to the point, like I said, where it yo-yoed and had that spiral in it. To say that was a loose carry was a crock of shit. Yeah. That's a carry going in. All intent was for the ball. Yeah, I agree. And he gets it back. That's a pure strip. Yeah. But the one there is a desperation kind of jump. Arm goes in, he loses it, regathers off his own legs, gets it back. It's touched on a defender, it's a knock-on. So I didn't think he was as hard done by, or he didn't really see the point of his argument on that one, uh, in my opinion. But this one brought up the age-old debate that everyone's had about golden point or just a draw. That, you know, in the end, they go to golden point. They had a couple of pops at field goal. Probably the best moment was when Lachlan Croker jumped out of dummy half. Some people thought 
that was the wrong decision. I honestly thought he was he was pretty bloody close, and I could see what he was thinking. If anything, I'm disappointed at the two guys in the short side didn't follow him. Yeah, that he if he had a pass or another option there when he was skirting along, like he was very close to getting there. Well, I guess in team review they're going to talk about whether there was an active option there to kick a field kick goal. Field goal. Yeah. I think Cherry Evans was the one caught at the ruck there, so that's probably our only issue. Well, he yeah he ran the ball, so that Prior leaves to you with taking off. Just t- can Tom kick a field goal? Can someone else? Croker used well, to be a half. About, yeah, but it was never going to be Croker. It was never going to be Cherry Evans. So really, it's it's if Cooper Johns was in position. Yeah, and clearly off the play of the ball and the speed of it, they weren't. Until you had a wide angle or you were live at the game, you, you're not really going to know. Well, I honestly didn't have a problem with the run. I was more, when I watched it again. And I, I, The only problem I had with it is that it was, was it last, I think it was last time. It was tackle. played five, but I, I thought that had busted. Yeah. If he has one push outside him for a pass option, that's a try. I understand. In the that, end, he but, sort of looks and then he's he like, score. okay. And if he had someone in a set position. But if you're going to turn it over anywhere as well, it's literally one I understand out, that. So. But that was the, like, what's the purpose of that set? The purpose of that set is to get in position for a field goal. So that's just a breakdown. Again, who would be their second option if it's not Cooper? Uh, like, I'd say it'd be Ruben Garrick. Yeah, and he's on the other far side, so. It'd be Ruben Garrick, I would think. Oh, I haven't seen Trebojevic kick a field goal. That's no, what that's what going to say. And Croker is a former half. He could probably kick one, but again, when you're the yeah, dummy he half, was, he was never going to do it. It was never going to be. You Cherry can't put yourself out. Tackled and Croker. Yeah, it was. It was Johns or Garrick. I mm. think were probably the two that you'd have to. Yeah, you'd have to see the wide angle or have been there live, and the coaching staff would know that, and they would have addressed that. Probably. Well, overall, the people of Glenwell and Mudgee got their money's worth. Yeah, it's disappointing that we didn't play before it because there would have been. Well, it's just not. It would have been nice to get up there to see Pop and for family reasons, but we've talked about the massacre. Yeah, there's, there's been a couple of massacres game. there. That was actually a re- like if that's your one time a year game. You'd it be was stoked. yeah, definitely. It was an ugly game. Like there wasn't a lot of like you said before defensive resilience, but no, nah, yeah, pretty... it was a solid game which the fans would have absolutely loved. Yeah, for you one off one where if you're coaching in it, your hair's falling out. Yeah, because well, every time you sort of we score two, you score two, yeah. you get binned, we get binned, we yeah. fucking drop it, you drop it. Like you're talking about yo-yo before that was the type of game. It was it just yo-yo? Just, yeah, the way it broke down, like the Newcastle, there, there was actually some pretty nicely constructed tries. I thought Newcastle probably had the better run of that side of things. The I thought Jackson Hastings was very good. He was good. Mm. That that short side switch try I love where they play on yep. the tram and they pass one back in, then they had three or four sets of hands to go straight. Well, they back came out, back to like, the man who played the ball. Mm. I really like that sort of football. Good eyes up football. They identified they had the numbers. Um, Gagai, I think it's probably it's probably something that they've seen on video. Get to that point of the field and have a look at how many players Manly put there. Yeah, and if we can play the ball and move out and create a number and play mm. back there, we'll probably get some love. It it's astute coaching, I think. In, in their current I'd like, environment, I'd, I'd have to wrap O'Brien that for this because. Everything was resting on one person in Ponga. He's not there. And well, if why anything, wouldn't they're playing, I think they're playing well. They're playing better football. Yeah, they're playing good football. And this is how they should be playing, even when he gets put back in. You can't put everything on one person. No. Getting good service and dummy half. Halves are linking up. Your fullback, who's only 12, 13 games in a plan, is buzzing around the football. Yeah. They're willing to chance their arm. They'll play short sides. They play eyes up. Um, their edges have been doing a pretty good job for them. I, I think overall, the style that they're playing and at least the bit of resilience they showed the last few weeks, we give well. you. Something to look forward to as a Newcastle fan yeah. compared to what you saw at the back end of last year. And I'm not saying it converts to being a top eight team. I still think that's going to be a bit of an ask for them. But if they do that every week and play that style of football, you'd be pretty bloody happy. Yeah. Um, but for Manly, I guess, you know, indifferent so far. We see the Dogs game. We see the Para game. They've obviously had the bye. 
You've now got a draw thrown into the mix, the close loss with Souths. Uh, like I said, I, I think there's more upside there. And there's obviously a couple of guys, like you said, injured or some changes there, and Tommy's going to get better. Those combos are going to get better. They really need Schuster to be in for a good glut of time as well to help sort of formulate your attack in its full form as well. But um, I think overall the, the big takeaway is just what we said about the defensive side of things. Can't be going into games, scoring 30-plus a week, but then conceding just as much. Because yeah. you, you front-loading so much on engineer attack and you've got those damaging back rolls, the fullback, everything you're sort of doing there, but you just forfeit points so easily. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, I think it's, the it's, correlation it's, between... The amount of points you concede and where you finish on the ladder in terms of ranking... It's not top four. Are closer, they're closer linked than what it is if you... How many points you score. Mm. But that, that, yeah, that style of game is mm. not going to be conducive when it gets to crunch time. If you're going to get in shootouts... No, but it's not crunch time. No, so I get that. They're, they're not the finished product. With that growth... Yeah. If this is they what need they're to grow. going to bank on for the back, most of the year and mm. that side doesn't improve, they're going to be manly of a few years ago during the COVID Oztag era where they towered up everyone, didn't bet a top four side, went bang, bang out the back door in the finals. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. So uh, hopefully there's a bit of room for improvement there. But yeah, Tommy was good. All our Jake's minutes. I also thought Bullmore made a great impact in that last stint. Um, the back of Golden Point there. Just a bit of leg speed and there was a couple of important carries. But Newcastle, like you said, Hastings thought was really good. Miller, Gagai's a couple of games back. He's been good. Uh, Marjorie's made a good impact for him as well. And uh, Dom Young dropped the New South Wales Cup, comes back and gets a four bag. Yeah, we were happy to see him play in our role. Yeah, I bet. Bloody uh, bloody good response for being sacked, that's for sure, mm. uh, on the back of that. So, moving on from that one, Dragons, Redcliffe, or oh, I keep calling Redcliffe, the Dolphins, sorry. The Dolphins. Man. But I know the diehards bloody agree. They should be called Redcliffe, mate. Mm. The feed is Redcliffe, the whole club's Redcliffe, they're based at Redcliffe, but they're the Dolphins. I don't get they it. Are, mate. Uh, this one... No excuses. I actually thought the Dragons played some good footy, but this is probably the summary of what we looked at in our season preview when you look at it as a whole and thought, okay, bit short on depth, probably not the biggest names. They've obviously really been fired up for the inaugural start of things. A couple of the older heads have been leading. A couple of young guys have overachieved. Won their way at the back end of a couple of games there. Put up a hell of a fight again last week against Brisbane. But I looked at this one a bit similar to the Parramatta thing. The emotion and the occasion sort of thing wore off this week. There are a couple of bodies short heading into the game. No Nicarima, no Felice, no Tessie, Sullivan, etc. And then the early loss of Milford, that sort of reshuffle, and those older heads in the Ford pack who didn't have the greatest day. It's sort of all just headed downhill after the second half. Yeah. The first half they'd hung on, got in at 12-8, had a couple of opportunities and uh, you know, sort of held in, but second half was a bloodbath. Didn't really feel like they ever were in that game or had any control of what was going on. And uh, full credit to the Dragons on, you know, they've, they've been very up and down, but given all the shit they've been dealing with, I thought it was a pretty good effort and said it last week, should have stuck with it. They win it, win. I should have, yeah. They uh, but... they really went after him. You know, little, really quality moments. Some of the, the stuff he did at dummy half is more what you'd expect of a quality nine, showing and shaping. But I guess for the Dolphins, you, you didn't see the first few weeks a front row or crash over from close range or a dummy half trial, just just little stuff like that. They're all sort of bad signs and Yeah, flat I think they've, they've gassed out a little bit. Feeling the pinch at the moment. injuries, definitely. And, yeah, tough day uh, for a couple of those guys. Young Bostock, get your debut against your former club and you get, you know, pushed out of touch very close to scorer one, bulldozed by Ravalawa on the other side of things. They got him a couple of times on the edges. 
with some good hands. Sloan, the way he linked in and played on the day, the foot race between him and Hamiso was really entertaining to watch. And I, I guess overall, it's a really good team effort on the Dragon side of things. And if they build on those combos, I thought Amon looked really, really good coming back in. With Hunt, they looked a lot more fluent with those two sort of playing off each other. Yeah. He also now, because it's sort of year three or third preseason for such a young guy, he looks like a man now, <laughs> physically. Yeah. So I think that's only a positive to have two really good running halves and that platform they laid allowed Little you know, to play confidently and he, he showed probably more deception and craft than I've seen him sort of play with and obviously when they're rolling, that's where Sloan comes into everything. Sloan is that type of player. He's more like your hammer on the flip side. He's not going to be having 30 carries a game, 25 carries, pushed around the ruck, being physical and yardage, but if you're cutting up the rucks, getting quick play of the ball, shifting the uh, you know, having shift plays and open up angles and opportunities, he's going to come sliding through and he certainly did that a few times. Yeah. The one moment I probably didn't agree with, the sin bin of Nichols at the end I thought was a bit over the top. There was four bodies there in the in goal for that grubber that went through. I thought there was no possible way in the world he was going to score that try. So to go back 20-something metres and say that was a professional foul, <clears throat> I, yeah, that the game was already dead and buried at that point, but I sort of looked at that one and was like, really? Mm. It's dumb play, but it's a penalty. There's four or five red jerseys in the vicinity, and he's one, basically the only dragon. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I'm... Not writing it off as art was just a bad day, but that's certainly part of it where we've talked about it. They're yeah, going to feel the yeah. pinch ah. with their depth. And when you've lost key players in particular in your spine, which they don't have a lot of depth for, like Nick Rainbow would have been a massive help given what they're, where they're at with their nine and a half situation. Yeah. Or even the young guy that no one's spoken about, who I actually thought was really impressive in the trials and what I've seen of him, Harrison Graham, the, the, the hooker. I think he's actually going to be a handy player if he stays healthy. He, he had a bad knee injury in the trials. But to not have those options available and to have a part-timer like Ray Stone in there and Katoa to Milford to Sullivan, who's now out, Katoa back in and shift Marshall King back out after he's been converted from the halves as a junior and been a hooker now for five or six years. Yeah. And just the burden on a couple of those older guys that we talked about. Um, it, it was a rough day. Mm. It was a rough day, but very impressed with the Dragons' attitude given the week. And um, again, similar deal that... They get these kind of results or they sort of go along 50-50, they'll be in that log jam. Yeah. And that'll take away some of that noise. Does that save their coach? I still don't think so. And I still don't agree with what the club said or did. But it's good to see some of these guys, whether it's for themselves, whether it's for the group, whether it's for their coach, whatever. But at the end of the day, you're an NRL footballer. You've got fans, you've got members, and you've got people that have expectations and you need to play your best. Uh, this is more what they should be expecting week to week regardless of what's going on off the field. Mm. So, yeah, Laurie, Hunt, Amon, um, really good. Little, like we said, some good stuff there. Suli, after his probably less than intelligent comments last week, I thought he had a good game. Ravalawa, <laughs> it was a real positive sort of day uh, in that sense to to quiet down some of the noise. But interested to see how Redcliffe bounced back this week off the back of that sort of performance. And again, they're going to be feeling the pinch with some troops missing. Absolutely. Um, so that yeah. that's the interesting thing. And tough little period for them. But it's it's another sort of Queensland derby. They play against the Cowboys. Mm. So they're, they're in a hard situation health-wise as well. But, yeah, it's, it's an in- interesting game when we get in, like we said, and you look at the squad, look at the injuries, look at the situation, how they respond off the back of this now. Broncos-Tigers, like, it's a smash-up. They're 5-0 and now, and they're 0-5. Nine line breaks to two. It was all too easy, and it? it's just the old principle of footy. If, if you can't stop the ball and you don't win the middle, you get pulled apart. Mm. They couldn't stop the middle. They couldn't stop the ball. Carrigan had a hand in three or four of the offloads or passes that sort of started movements 
that led to tries. Riki's two were way too easy. Walsh playing off the back of what Haas and Carrigan did in particular had an absolute field day on the edges, whether it was playing short to Staggs, putting the grubber kick in behind, playing long. It, it At the end of the day, it was just a complete note of mismatch, and Brisbane did exactly what they should do to a team like the Tigers. They just dispatched them. They did, and I, I thought they were nowhere near their best. No, and they, they, they only, I think they completed... 26 or 28 nil at half time. And they still made 15 errors, yeah, and they scored 46 points. Hmm. So it really speaks to where... The Tigers, right? And I think what pretty much sums the Tigers up. I know it didn't end up being a try, but the moment there was almost the Farnworth Falcon try, I thought that would really summarise where things are at right now. Yep. It wasn't allowed, but the other one that did sort of contribute to that again, um, which one? The moment where Bateman first sort of gets an opportunity, drifting across field for a bit of space, ball hits the deck, and Cobbo goes, you know, 85, 90 metres the other way. Mm. That's just where they're at at the moment. Yep. If you've got another iteration of their spine, Coming this week, all the talk about Pasco again now comes to the surface. There was talk just before when watching the TV about issues with the Anzac Day jerseys like this. Just never not something going on with the Tigers that just leaves you flabbergasted. And the other point we made, they talked about the attacking football and where they were going to be. Changed their spine after a couple of games after all the noise, and they've already changed it again this week. So, again, you need to have the courage, regardless of the results of your convictions, to stick with what you've worked on in the off-season. They haven't done that. No. So I don't expect how... Well, it just there's a lot of chopping and changing. Which... Yeah. How can you expect consistency if you don't allow something to build? Yeah. And just the odd moves of, like, a guy, like I said the other way, offhand Gary re-signs on a long-term extension, your best forward last year, plays limited minutes the first couple of weeks as playing New South Wales Cup. Yeah. Like, that sort of stuff to me just speaks to where things are and... Again, we could talk about this all day, but there's just no point. No. Like, I'd like to talk about the Tigers playing good football or being close in a game or having improvements, but everything just seems to be about the off-field stuff. And more, again, this week about are the coaches on the same page, about the Pierce thing. And, you know, and then I, I was really hoping Sheens would come out and be strong, a bit more strong-worded or just keep sticking to the sort of narrative that we're building. We're doing this. We've got to do the dirt work. A bit more like Penner had to do at the start when they were doing their rebuild. It's yep. a joke about hopefully we beat the buy and this, that, and the other. Sort of like, yeah. That, again, pretty much sums up where things are at. I, I didn't like it at all. No. I didn't like it at all. I think they're in a tough tough enough position as it is without people internal to the club causing external pressure and, I guess, adding fuel and petrol to external pressure. So I, it's certainly not something that I would have said or you would advise someone to say but in saying that I mean we've all we've all said stupid things from time to time and I, I don't think he, there was any malice in it I think he, he meant it as a joke no he did mean it as a the joke the fact of the matter is is that the performance that his teams are putting out there at the moment uh, are giving Tigers fans and the wider rugby league community I guess great cause for concern in when their next win is coming from Again, so I sort of said this other way. My, big, my some biggest people thing. People looked at that and thought, well, is it actually a joke or is he being serious? Like, it's, it's obviously a joke. You fire Madge, right? It's not, you sort of lay the boot in a little bit there. You let Noddy hang out. It's a great thing to say. Yeah, you let Noddy hang out to dry, run things into the ground, talk up sort of a big game in the off season, make a shitload of moves recruitment wise, get a pretty good forward pack, get up your chorus out of this, that, and the other, and you know better off. Yeah. So, again, speaking to these constant problems, 
manager's fault. It's this person's fault. It's that person's fault. It's fucking not. There's a much bigger problem here that still hasn't been addressed. Any time they've done any iteration of a rebuild or changing staff or changing culture, it's just the same shit repeating itself over and over again. Yeah. Um, Now, I I don't know how it gets better. And I know for his sort of things, like the first two years, he's supposed to be there to take take the tough carry and, and be rock solid and sort of mold those guys and mend them in. But... It's been shaky already after five games, which is the real worrying sign of what's supposed to be a five-year plan. Of course, yeah. And that's the part that scares me because they don't toe the line or hold the line very often when they need to. Not like you know, like a Penrith did there in their rebuild or like a Flanagan and Cronulla did when shit hit the fan for a couple of years and that toughed it out and see it through. And that's more what worries me with the history of the Tigers. That if this continues this way and you know, looking at their draw, and I know we don't like looking at the draw, that, that could potentially be 0-8, 0-9. No, I don't like looking at the draw. Other people can look at the draw they like. I just, I just don't think that, yeah, the draw, just looking at the draw and thinking that someone's going to be an easy win. Oh, I don't, I don't mean in that the, regard. The longer that this goes on, the harder that the Tigers are to play. Like, I, I don't particularly want to play the Tigers. I, I do because I look at them and think, yeah, like, we should we should win this game. But the longer this losing streak goes on... Well, you'd hope they'd be more dangerous, but... Yeah. Like I said, when you've got noise and unhappy players already and issues and chopping and changing... Mm. You can't get continuity if not everyone's not on the same page and people aren't pulling in the same direction and the football's not coming together. Yeah. So again, just there's too much going on unpacked there. But for Brisbane, real positive, five and zero. You know, like we said, they, they had some close games that they possibly could have lost, which is good that they didn't. They've banked some points early. They're going to have a big Origin representation, and I think not this the next few weeks. You'd probably look at and say if they're serious, you'd probably want to knock off Canberra in their current state and you guys the week after if you're missing your spine. Yeah. It starts to toughen up after that. And that's when I think we're going to get a real sort of sample size of what Brisbane are. They could potentially be 7-0 and heading into the Eels, Storm, Manly, Panthers for a second time before that origin sort of period. And I think that's where we'll really get a good look at where they're going to be yeah. coming out of you know that origin period where it's interrupted and into the back end of the season. But Probably the real upside here, much like last year. Banking wins early puts you in a really good position to be there come finals time. Absolutely. And last year, they sort of had a 50-50. They started well. They flattened out out of the back end of origin, won a couple of games again, then they just had that complete drop off the earth. But these early bank wins are what put you in a position where you can sort of cop that if you have to or have some flat spots after origin or rest some guys. Um, they're setting themselves up much better than what they did previously. Yeah, but, you'd like to think they're... Yeah, they're almost a shoo now to play finals footy. Mm. You win five games in a row. Walsh's impact, I thought he was going to be good, but I didn't know he was going to be this good so early. I think, um, I can remember saying it on the podcast last year, um, I took Henley to go and watch Penrith play the Warriors here at Penrith, and it wasn't a well-attended game, but I think I said on the show the week after just how quick he looked live. Mm. And, yeah, I, it's staggering to me how... Easily pulls defensive lines apart, and I guess that's because they're they're showing respect to his speed and his agility and his ability to jump across defenders and make people nervous and the impact that's having on the Broncos at the moment. Like I think him and Harry Grant have probably been the two standout players to me. Like Payne Haas as well has been unbelievable, but yeah, Reese Walsh has been a real standout. Every every game I've watched him play, I know he didn't play round one, but man, he was um. He's been really, really impressive the last four games. And you've just like touched on... He's probably on. had a bigger, 
bigger impact than I thought he was going to. And I, I thought he was going to have a positive impact. But yeah, but I think also, Chris again, can continue, man, being yeah. transported into a quality pack that's doing damage as well yeah. and making it even easier. In turn, like, you're already busting rucks up and creating space, let alone having someone yeah, like that coming be, in. He could be absolutely anything. He's still just a baby. It's oh, scary to think how much upside's in him. I think yeah, he left wow. at 18, didn't he? Or wow. he's 20, 21 this year. And that's yeah. the same thing I was saying about Payne Haas. I don't say that a lot about a player, like a, about a lot of players. Like you, we talk about Haas. We but... watch a lot of lower grades footy and flag and cup and NRL. Like he's one at the moment I look at and just go, wow. Mm. Haas is a man now, but he was developing all these years into a man. Yeah. And was still an elite prop. But now sort of hitting that age of 23, 24 six or so seasons of first grade rep football, like he's coming into what's going to be the golden period for him and he's only going to get bigger, better, faster, stronger. And to have the base of the fitness that he's got, which is absolutely ridiculous and unseen like in terms of any front row I've ever seen, Yeah. to be adding other elements to his game, to be now physically a man and probably add to his frame, like he's only going to get better. He's in his golden years. And Carrigan, like I said, had the first pass or offload and a lot of... <laughs> some of those movements. And if that's what you're establishing in the middle, it makes it so much easier when you've got a game manager like Reynolds. You've got Mem on the other side who's much like the guys he's played with in Kearys and Cody Walkers who's a live wire and can capitalise. And then you throw Walsh in at the back now. Mm. And then Herbie, Staggs, big wing, big wingers, good bench rotation. Like they've, they've basically got all bases covered. The only area I had real concern about is not a factor because they're so stacked everywhere else right now is their 2-9 rotation. Walters has a little bit more craft, is not as quick, but does his job. Pakes comes on with the rotation side of things, probably got a bit more of a running game, can have a dart here or there, but those two sort of are a non-factor or don't need to be as much of a factor with the other three pieces of their spine and the way their forward pack's delivering at the moment. Yeah. So um, lots of positives for them. Things are looking really, really good. And again, looking forward to that sort of period in two or three weeks' time when they go on that four or five game run there where they're going to play teams that I'd consider to be more up the, the top end and get a better taste of where they're at when everyone's a bit more established in this competition. Um, leaving that one behind. Warriors, Sharks, 32-30. This probably speaks to, again, what I've been just repeating week in, week out about Webby, the Warriors and the journey that they're on and where they're heading. Mm-hmm. And to be here so early in terms of, again, the attitude, the effort, just... Just the things they're doing that I just could not associate with the Warriors in the last 10 years is awesome to watch. Yeah. And probably speaks to, again, the thing that shits me and we've talked about a lot on here is the flavor of the munch in this assistant and this guy and that guy and it'll be an ex-first grader who's fucking never coached, never done the hard yakka, maybe spent a year or two under a premiership winning coach and gets a job compared to a guy that's done ball, mats, England, New Zealand previously, multiple NRL clubs, done a real apprenticeship but has no real praise sung about him because he's not a former name. And then finally comes into a job like this and you instantly see results or see an impact or see the difference it can make rather than, oh, this guy was a Melbourne assistant or this person was at this club and taken somebody who's got a name or a bit of a reputation or has been a former player in the game. Yeah. Like at this, it's pretty, I know it's very early to be saying this, but sometimes it's, yeah, it's just nice to see someone who's done a genuinely good apprenticeship has done good jobs everywhere and then get an opportunity like this finally. Well, look, good coach, beautiful human, super happy for him. Yeah. And, and has done his apprenticeship, like you said. It's probably another one that speaks back to, sorry to have another one more pot shot at the Tigers, that when they had this sort of COVID situation, it's not a pot shot. It's just, had to let someone go. There. Of yeah, all the people, he's the first one they got rid of. This yeah. just speaks to where they're at as a club. Because he's the last one out of any involvement we had with any people there that you would have been getting rid of. 
He's yeah. the last one out of any of this shit. Anyone that interacted with us at the junior level or what they were doing that I would have been letting go. And there's a good reason why Penrith and Ivan picked him up straight away. Because a lot of people heard this week going, oh, Webby's been around Ivan and Sorrell. I'm like, they didn't fucking bring him into the fold just for shits and gigs. They brought him in because they knew he was a good coach. Don't be trying to pass it all off as the Penrith situation. Might have elevated his opportunity to get a job, but he's a good coach. He's a bloody good coach. Mm-hmm. And he's done a hell of an apprenticeship. Definitely. So um, it's showing what they're doing so far. But I also go back to another point where I had people mm-hmm. say it again before. That the situation about being on the road and nomads and no, like, it's not an excuse. Well, it is an excuse. And it was a real impact. Yeah. And it affected them in multiple ways injuries, depth, having to loan players in, guys that clearly didn't want to be there and some that probably didn't want to be there that just stayed because they felt they didn't want to let their teammates down. That's not a true reflection of how you play, how you establish, establish yourself, and how you go across the season with the situation they've dealt with the last few years. And it ruined their junior pathways, their whole situation, and the fact that they've started this way, um, the way they're going in cup and some of the guys that you kind of see in there, their SG ball team, I think went 50-50 on the year, which is their first brick back in the pathway and the next year they're going back into every single level of competition. It's just all real positives that we really need to see out of New Zealand because we need the Warriors to be good and it needs to succeed. Yeah. And probably the most impressive thing about this for me, and I'll give them more of the credit than I will the Sharks defence, which again... I'm, it wasn't great, is I also don't associate the Warriors clawing their way back into a game in the way they did. Generally, if a game gets out of hand like this, they'd just cop 50. Yeah. Or they'd throw caution to the wind and they might jag 20 or 30 points, but it'd be like a 60-30 game or a 50-24 game. But they sort of methodically just worked their way back into this. They didn't well, they, panic. You, yeah. We they kicked. before about scoreboard pressure. They, yeah. You never really felt like they... Like the Mulitalo one? Did they? Is just an error where they've kicked and cycled and they found yeah. a moment and they took it and Johnson picks it up. Yep. The first one, simple kick contest, just like Teague Wilton's first try. Ball comes back in field, take the moment. A couple of nice shift plays similar to the Sharks where they outstrip them with numbers. And then it just so happens that a penalty, which again, the hip drop thing was the big thing we want to talk about at the start of the show, but we'll probably talk about it again now. Murata got one in the first half. Dale gets one in a critical moment with five minutes to go. Um, the, the sin bin was at least consistent across the two. Probably the only moment that confused me, I didn't really think I didn't really see the push from Royce Hunt or that moment that led to the penalty to give them the chance to go even. I thought he ran back and they sort of crossed paths, but I don't think I didn't see him push the player over. I thought if anything, that that sort of just unfolded naturally. I think it was Curran who went through. Yeah. And he, I don't think he pushed him. So I was a bit confused by it's that a, penalty. It's a tough call, yeah. So but that moment leads to, you know, the the lead for them and what is an absolute epic comeback because at twenty six six down, I just thought there's no way. And again, well, you'd be thinking that irrespective of who the teams you lost Martin, you lost Toe, who you know again depth isn't great in the squad. It's been a tough first few weeks. They had a battle last week, a couple of battles to start with. Tough trot against the Roosters game as well. Like maybe they got a right just to shut up shop today, and they didn't. Mm. They did not go away. And, and Johnson to see, I'm he's pop- just matured. It's not about that. It's just the confidence again in his ball play. This is a guy that was afraid to run, wasn't digging in the line, wasn't showing any sort of craft in what he was doing. His body shape and the way he threw short or played at like Moylan both those times where it certainly sold it to me that he was deep and going at the back. Yeah. And he popped him twice on his inside shoulder. Like that that's Johnson and he's most confident. Yeah. The kicks were good. The goal kick and the clutch moment and, and this the talk after the game and that whole sort of outburst of emotion, how raw that was after what's been a difficult couple of years. 
uh, was was quite enjoyable. Yeah, it was great. Just a great result. Great game. Really, really enjoyed it. Mm. And yeah, even down to the last kick, like Nico had a kick to to tie it up. Crazy mental game. Yeah, it was mm. really, really cool. The weather, the crowd. The old priz, they'd all played a part in what was, yeah. Went really, from dry really to wet, got a bit epic. Mental, yeah. Crazy. In the priz. Uh, I, I guess they're in a similar boat for me to Manly right now. They're a bit like last year. That Their attack looks good. The way they broke the Warriors down with quality play, it wasn't bad defense. Mm. Hines just engaged real deep a couple of times. They're a little bit different to Manly. I think, I think they, they need to have the same uh, focus. On defense. Yeah, it's just, like, but, you know, they've had a whole, whole off-season where d- defense cost them at the back end of last year. So you think they would have really worked hard on it. That's not to say that Manly didn't. Like, I've been privy to a lot of the stuff going on at Manly, but, you know, they've worked extremely hard on mm. their defence. But, yeah, sometimes it it takes time. But, you know, Cronulla had a successful year last year where they were ranked fairly highly in defence heading into the finals and then got exposed. So Yeah. i go yeah. back to that point again. I don't, I don't think up. sometimes it's coaching and training. It's just that you, yeah, you need to get through some games and, work through some periods and, and just practice what you're trying to do at training in games, sometimes where you get your, your most learning. Mm. I go back to that point again. That space of Moylan's not going to change. Teams aren't going to stop going there. No. And until he gets in front or gets a little bit better or I don't know if they have to move him and do what we've talked about before with guys at times where you can isolate him, not let him get isolated, that's going to keep happening. Mm. Kalamatungi got him. Parramatta game, I can't remember who it was, got him. Curran got him on the weekend. Murata got him on the weekend. Like it's, they're going to keep spotting that up. And that's a spot where, again, things also happen around it. So, it's yeah, it's it's a concern. A lot is coming through that channel. Yeah. And it needs to be sorted because, again, similar for them, that they're not going to be able to go into every game and have 30-point shootouts because it's going to result in the same thing that happened the back end of last year. Like we said, they got frustrated. They tried. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Tried to force their hand, their attacking style and the way they played didn't really work in the finals and they went bang, bang at the back door. Mm. So they need to be better defensively. They need to obviously keep building on what they're doing in attack, which is really impressive at this moment in time. And some of the shape that Nico run and the improvements in Kennedy this year, the line running of their back rows and their outside backs and some of those shapes to strip them when they didn't even have numbers was superb. Some of the best stuff you'll see in terms of attacking shape. But yeah, defensively and how they sort of build a little bit of resilience there it's definitely got to improve because you can't be dropping leads like that. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's not good. But it's not good, mate. Nico, uh, pretty good game again, particularly that first half, the, the way he executed in some of those shapes and digging and creating those overlaps. Thought he did a really good job. Uh, ULA, out of that sort of middle rotation, thought he was pretty good. And I think that their centers have been really strong to start this season. Like Ramian this year, I don't know what it is. He sort of, find games where he was really dominant or he was really quiet. I think he sort of joined Siffa in a way of like, where Siffa's not exactly a strike center, he'll have 20 carries every game and mm-hmm. still impact himself more, almost like that extra forward. 
or that extra winger, or his yardage work and what he does there is just quality. Jesse's now getting that volume of work in there and helping out what they already have is an, an outstanding back four or back five with their two wingers. But um, yeah, thought he had some good moments in terms of OD. He's obviously got a little bit to work on. Um, and then on the flip side, yeah, Johnson was brilliant. Thought Jazz filling in for Tohu and his whole impact and attitude towards this year. I don't know if I highlighted this a few weeks ago or not. Um, he put a post up in the offseason, one of his former teammates that he played under-20s with, and he, you know, I just love when blokes get behind their mates and put it out there, like, for the right reasons and the good reasons. He said he's, he thinks he's going through a cancer treatment. He said, I'm not going to have any hair until he obviously finishes up. I'm going to find myself and donate for every error, for every missed tackle, for, like, all these sort of things like that and trying to get people behind him. And uh, it's just, yeah, again, with the direction they're heading in, obviously the change they're making, like, things like that and guys like that, that's what adds to your group. Yeah. That's the sort of players you want want to be playing with. And uh, also, Chance, I, I know it, was, it wasn't a great finish to the back end at the Raiders, but I thought he had a really big impact on the weekend as well. Definitely. He's so, playing good footy. Um, lots of positives there for them, hopefully. Tohu back in the mix and tomorrow Martin again next week, which is only a positive for them. And uh, they move into Newcastle, which again, off, off the four they've had, you wouldn't have been saying that that's a game that you'd be looking forward to watching. No. But the way they've both played so far, I am looking forward to watching that game of football. For Fitzy and the Sharks, again, patchy start. Um, they got the bye. So I don't really, really know if they'd want the bye right now, to be honest. Mm. Health-wise, I don't think it's a big concern. You've only just got Nico back in for a couple of games. I think they'd rather keep building some continuity, but maybe they'll take the week to do what we've just said, sort of look at some of that defensive stuff, try and uh, work on it and bounce back when they come out the week after. Yeah. But, yeah, bit of an early season reflection period for them and what they're going to do. Dogs, Cowboys, 15-14. Tough night for both in terms of health. Uh, they've both come in short of players, and they've come out even shorter in particular. The Bulldogs. I think King and Preston end up being named this week, but King copped a nasty poke in the eye. Preston shredded the webbing on his hand, so he'll be. They'll both be guys that are named, but I guess they're going to have to push through to play. Uh, Franklin Pele broke his arm for Tullamarin, only lasted a couple of minutes and handed up off with a HIA and Ockenball uh, with a hip drop situation, found himself charged and suspended. So, what was already a decent injury toll for them doesn't get better. And, the Cowboys were in a similar situation. Now it looks like Lukey and McLean both did their hamstrings just to go on top of already missing Cotter, Tuolagi, Tamau, Luciano still in the stand down, and then you've got Nano suspended at the moment as well. Mm. So both the teams, this is one of those ones where you look at it squad-wise and where you're at in your season, and it's a critical two points if you can win it with that sort of outcome. And for the Bulldogs, this is a huge win. Massive win. And, yeah. and for the, I, I thought for the Cowboys when they got to the lead at the end at sort of 14-6. This would be a huge result given the troops they've got at this point in the season for a team that's definitely going to be origin impacted where you need to bank points. And then when they lost it the way they did, I thought that really hurts. That really hurts. It was a kick, kick in the guts for them, definitely. Yeah, mm. it's an impressive field goal. It was like Braithen Asterish. I feel... 2010 field goal for I feel team. bad for the kid Chester because he runs through and sort of towed it on, maybe thinking that he just put it out or maybe he gets a bounce and runs on. But I've got to give a huge rap to Preston. Preston, the two tries, 40-something tackles, the effort he's put in since he's been in the first grade with the opportunity he was given on a training trial. He dives on that ball, stays in touch, and is the reason they get to have that shot. Correct. He's the one who keeps that in with 13 seconds to go, and Burton obviously executes it. 
But at the time, seeing it and just thinking, man, that's a good play. That's that such was, a smart uh, play. Burton's best game of the year. Mm. Um, just, yeah, I thought that's that's wisdom beyond your years to make that play. Yeah. And get that and give him that one moment. And he, he certainly capitalised. And it's a shit of an angle. Left foot, left touch line, 10 in. Yeah, it's, it's not, not easy. Not an easy kick. It's the one you generally pull across the face and he absolutely nails it. But yeah. Yeah, I guess for them, it's it's going to be a tough ask this week. But so far, given the situation, you'd, you'd think they've showed some good signs. It's more about what we said before the start of the season. There's a lot of good individuals. That doesn't make the parts of a team. But the effort stuff you're seeing there from the what they've been doing so far is the makings of a good team. And then if you put the right pieces around it as they continue to build this, then you're looking at a team that can play finals in the future. Definitely. I don't know if it will be this year. It could possibly be this year with the way the logjam and the early results have played out. But... That's a that's a really important win. It's more just the signs you want to see while you're building a roster. Yeah. And the signs we've sort of seen here so far is resilience um, with a lot of quality missing or just a lot of regular first graders missing. And even having a guy like Ockenbohr moving in play in a back row role or Preston step up from you know being a training trial to contract into a situation now where I think if I'm the Bulldogs, I'd want to sit down with him pretty soon and make sure that I get him locked in for a couple of years. Um, I absolutely agree with that. Yeah. Just moments like that. And uh, overall, you know, him, Burton, Perrin was busy again. Obviously, doesn't offer much on the ball playing side of things. Karaz, outstanding in yardage. Fox has been pretty good to start the year. On the Cowboys side, I think, you know, Lukey off that injury to come back and play the way he has. In big minutes, and unfortunately, it's probably they do another injury. I thought he was pretty good. Neem had some misses, but played some good minutes. and has been decent. Tom Lolo, just same as he's always been, but... That one really hurts them, like I said. To be losing troops every week and have a couple of losses they've had, it sort of dents their chances of getting what you want, which is probably two bites of the cherry post-origin, which gives you a chance to probably rest and build a little bit. Yeah, They might not have that luxury this year. Uh, I, I guess the other thing is a home final. Yeah, you you might true. get it if you can get yourself into the bottom end, but then you're going to play the whole way through. But last year they sort of went through with no worries with injury. Obviously found a lot of guys that people didn't know about. Even when they had that origin period, they got through pretty clean when they had heavy involvement. This year, it started the opposite. Suspensions, injuries, um, you know, drink water, I think, comes back this week. But then to have, again, like I said, two more critical outs. Like they're, they're getting very lean, particularly now in the forwards, after being lean for a few weeks in the backs. Yeah. So it's, it's a tough start to the year so far for the Cowboys. And again, I'm not looking at this like some people are going, well, what's happened to the Cowboys? I'm like, well, look at it for what it is. Don't try and make a story out of it. Yeah. If you take out the names that I just said to you before, a lot of those guys <laughs> played for Australia or Origin last year, you're not going to be playing good football. But you, you're going to have to hope you can find a way to jag a few results. And so far, they haven't come out on top in a few really close games. They, they could quite possibly be 4-1, but they're not. Mm-hmm. And that's the scary part. Because as this toll adds up, if you haven't banked or grabbed a few of those wins, it will hurt you in the long run. Definitely. So, yeah. a little bit of concern there, but obviously no panic stations just yet, but... Credit to the Bulldogs where credit's due uh, to find a way. Yeah, just particularly late. Like, to win it that late. Yeah, we'll try in the last minute on the shift play to create the numbers. And I, I think the ball even was behind Fox. He juggled it and still managed to get himself in there. The goal kick off the post, wasn't expecting that. And then, like we said, the heads-up play from Preston after the odd bounce where Fox, if he gets that bounce, he scores anyway. Mm. But Preston's state of mind when Chester kicks that forward to keep that in and give him that 10... 12 seconds or whatever it was left to have a crack, that, that's a huge play in there. Huge play. Definitely. So probably the last point we didn't talk about, I was going to do at the start of the set of six stuff, like I said, most talking points I thought we'd just meld in, is the hip drop situation. Some people 
it's been a bit like the other one we talked about the gradings. It's no one's ever going to be completely hundred percent agreeable on the situation, but we were a little bit different on. It. Um, you thought all those ones were definitely hip drops or not natural or intentional. I just don't think. I don't think when you come around the back of a tackle, when your intention is to hit in front, and you come around to the side of the tackle and are eventually around to the back of the tackle, that anyone is coached to then fall on the back of someone's leg with their with their butt basically or their hip like it just it it just doesn't happen you're taught there if you if you hit in front and you fall off to the side most players will try to get back around in front if they don't get back around in front they'll then go to the hip the hip of the attacking player and try and break the tackle at the hip. If that doesn't work, they're going to go to like at what we would call a blade, which would then be, you know, we're looking at the third man in with that chop at the legs. Now, like this approach has only come into the game in the last sort of two years. It's something I've never, I've never seen coach, but I've never seen more of it in the game. And it's dangerous and it's unnatural. And, you know, if it happens by accident, I can cop that. But a lot of these, I go that that's not that's not a natural movement. That's a deliberate movement to do that. Uh, that's my opinion. That, that's mm. what that's what I believe. And I like I watch an absolute shitload of tackling, shitload of, of defensive drills, and they they it looks deliberate to me because I've I've never made a tackle myself like that and played at a decent you know decent level of footy as you have. You would never have made a tackle where. You've, you've flung around the back of a tackle and then deliberately dropped either your ass or your hip on someone's legs. It would have always been that you slid down with your arms to the hip or slid down with your arms to quad or knee. And now defenders are taught to not lose their legs in that situation. A lot of them still do. It turns into your classic legs tackle, really. But a lot of them now are taught, obviously, keep feeding the studs in the ground and then look for a different way to break the tackle. Particularly if it's two men, you've got the ball, you've got control of the footy, which a lot of these are, and then I swing around the back and drop on your legs. That's it's it's deliberate, and they need to they need to sin bin players and they need to suspend them. That's that's my opinion. Well, I, I had a bigger issue probably with the Dale one than I did with Murata, because I think Murata he just beats him straight up and he ends up to the side and sort of rolls off the back just trying to hold on. I just whereas I look they, at the they Dale both end one up in the sitting in the seat and position. he gets beaten, but it's almost like once he's through and he's holding. He sort of deploys that weight for a minute and bridges, and then it's almost like he realized what he did and tried to pull out of it. So he, he knows he did the wrong thing. So that one I sort of looked at and thought, okay. And I know it didn't follow through, but the intent or where it started to head, I thought that's probably worse. The Ockham ball one for me is the one where I'm like, that's a hip, like a classic hip drop for me, where they're standing, they're doing the dance. He sort of ends up on the backside and he's standing, and then it's just kind of the old swing into the back of the legs. He hasn't really lost his legs. He's chose to do that to break. The tub over to the ground, but over all those yeah, examples, from, again, I guess the Ockenball one, he deliberately loses his legs. Yeah, coaches the, are filthy with that. The frustration for me out of all of it, though, again, is it's only a week or two ago though. Martin Tapao legit goes full jungle, gym swim into the back of someone's legs in a tackle, and I'm like, it didn't even get charged. We had a bad it, one. We had a bad one in the South Cup on the weekend on Ray Vega. Mm. It was he was standing in a tackle. The guy came in third man from behind, 
lost his legs, like missiled into the into his lower legs. Yeah. It's like it should be a send off. This was the point I was about to say to you. If you want to know the one that I don't like, because I do, I legitimately think some of these are accents or guys get wrong footed to the side and they just hold on for dear life and end up in a bad spot. The one like Jack DeBellins on the weekend is the one that I hate because that's how I did my ACL the first time. You're getting held up top, you're shuffling around, your legs are exposed, and a bloke just comes in and fucking cannonballs you at the knees. Mm. The moment you hit a knee wrong, especially side on or any sort of angle, if it collapses, like I ended up L-shaped, like my leg went absolutely sideways from someone cannonballing me. Mm. Those are the ones I have a problem with. The ones in... Well, I have a problem with all of them. I know. Because they can all but cause lower I can, lower I can see, like I said, where you get wrong-footed and... You end up in a bad spot where you roll up on someone's ankle. Yeah, or, but you never, you never end up the, back the, or the, ass the bloating, on the legs. The you bloating, end up chest on the back, on the back of the legs. Mate, the bloating two men held up, standing there exposed, and someone just comes in and fucking drives to your legs. I like, have a problem with all of them. Do it the proper way. Collapse the hips or hit above the thighs, like we were sort of taught, and take the body to the ground. But to spear in at the knee or anywhere around there when you just open, that's the way. And it was that one probably highlighted a little bit more to me because as a guy's had a couple of knee reconstructions. Poor Ray Stone, his face straight away. He's just busted his ass for nine or so months to get back. When someone chops you like that, you're fucking filthy. Yeah, absolutely filthy. Yeah, it and should be irrespective of whether you had surgery. Yeah, or I know. Shouldn't Yeah, we're having a bit of a debate about it before because there's more. Just like I said, I've seen differences of opinion on um, the little bit. Yeah, I've see, heard. I, don't, I don't want to be influenced by other people's opinions. No, I'm not. I want I'm to just, have my own. That's what we're having a discussion. It's my yeah. point. So I'm interested to listen. But you're saying, oh, I heard this and I heard that. Like I don't care. No, don't more care for the point, like saying. taking people's perspective on why they think what they think. That's all. Yeah. Because um, wherever we had our conversation before, I think yesterday I listened to Gus's yep. pod and he was basically so the complete opposite way. I don't listen to any of that. And then I've heard others say that you know they think it's bad. It's like it's it's another one of these things where across the board everyone's opinions just completely all over the shop. And that's so okay. It's one of these ones where I guess not finding much common ground, but at the end of the day, everything's about protecting the players. So. Um, this is another one there where it's not about protecting the players. It's about we have to protect the players. About having a safe game. Mm. But yeah, all three of those players charged. Like I'll watch. I'll, I'll watch per week. I'll I'll review two games. I'll review a cup game, a Massey game. I'll have a look at the our NRL game just in case we've got players coming back. I'll then look at our opposition for at least three or four weeks. So you're watching probably eight games on top of the eight NRL games. And I'm telling you, you, you see a handful of those tackles. They're not as rough as what people think, but I, I do believe they're deliberate and they need to be rubbed out. I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a result of poor technique, and it's a cheap way to win a tackle, and win a ruck, in my opinion. Yeah, which is dangerous to the player that you're tackling. Yeah. I'm not going to argue with you there, um, but yeah, I just I do think there is incidents that where I don't think they've been deliberate. I don't think they're all as deliberate so as what a lot of people are making I think out. They are. So and yeah, the, the more cannonball style one, like I said, there or the big swing in a few weeks ago uh, with, with Tapao, and he got got one. I think it was in the Cowboys game. I was sort of like that one to me is heaps worse, and it wasn't charged at all. So yeah, interesting how this plays out. But we've gone from that one with the head highs, and now this. I guess they're just again. We're going to see a lot more fines and suspensions until you see a change in habit, or people, I guess, trying to be a little bit more diligent. But I don't know if I tell you guys, still, it's going to, you're still unfortunately going to see these sort of things. Well, the you never used to see it. You never used to see it three or four years ago. It comes about. So, mm, unfortunate, but yeah, we move on from that. We're ready to preview 
the round ahead. Thanks to bluebet.com.au. If you're going to have a bet with anyone, do it with the True Blue Bookie. Download the app today or visit the website. Uh, cracker run last week, like we said, for the charity account. Ended up railing off three try scorers in a row. Banking 290 so up to $393 on the season for now. Uh, hopefully, keep finding winners and banking more. And remember, what are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelpline.org.au. Lots of changes, I think, this week, Boxhead, for some of these teams after, again, suspensions, injuries. It's been a common theme across the start of the season. There's been a lack of consistency, but we kick off with a ripper game, the Storm at home to the Roosters. Generally a belter contest for the Storm. Hughes back after his two-week suspension. Jonah Pezzett is out of the 17. The only other change, Tarek Sims replaces Grant Anderson. as He's now the 18th man. Last week, that was a late change. Surprised me, but Tarek went and played 70 minutes in the Queensland Cup, so maybe they just tried to get some quality minutes under his belt Yeah, after a bit of a lack of off-season. And on the Roosters' side of things, we obviously know that Tedesco concussion is stood down. Joey Manu returns, and he moves straight into fullback. Uh, the only other change there. And the bench, Terrell May comes back in for Nafahu White, who goes to 18th man. I think this one's extremely difficult to tip. Because, again, just the chopping and changing the form so far. I think the Roosters, yeah, the Roosters. are only going to get better, and I think the Storm are only going to get better. Um, Hughes back? Hughes is back, Peasants mm. out. Yeah, well. You've got Tui. It's going to be a belter. Tui, Welch, and Harry versus... Who went out for the Roosters? Teddy went out, but Marnie went straight back in. Mm. What side was Hutchison playing on the right? So, yeah. so he's marking up Olam. I like that. That's good. He's going to see plenty of Justin Olam. Wow, I want to see the odds in this. What are the odds? I think the, 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 like the middles, like Tui and Welch versus Jared, Collins, Harry versus Lindsay. The back row is probably the area there. Egan and Nat and Victor, Liero, Katoa King. I think our back row has been great so far for Melbourne. Mm. I think they've done a good job. The bench, you know, Garlic, McDonald, Eisenhoof, Tarek versus Turpin, May, Allen, Baker. Melbourne's probably got a little bit more in terms of that middle sort of rotation, but if they get an injury, uh, they don't really have much cover, whereas on the other side, you've got OB cover, two middles, and hooker half cover. Um, it's a bloody hard game to tip. Shame the odds, mate. I find the odds, mate, but what a game to start things off. These have been belters. I went down last year for that one that went Stole right down the to the wire. At the moment with bluebet.com.au, Melbourne's slight favourites. They're eighty. The Roost is $2. One and a half is the line. So Here you go. I was going to go the Roosters, but storm at storm after the shite effort. Uh, first up, they got an ugly one against the Tigers. I think last week's a good confidence booster. Um, yeah, I'll go Storm. I, I like the choice. No Teddy, to be honest, Storm. but yeah, I think I'll just go with the Storm. So if we're both there, dollar like we said with bluebet.com.au, minus one and a half the line. If I'm going either side, I'd be going one to 12. I think this is one of those games where yeah. either team less than 10 or close contest. So $3 about the Storm for one to 12. 325 about the Roosters if you like them that way. Doggy South, this game on Good Friday at 4 o'clock, it never seems to matter where they're at in the ladder, what's going on, who's missing. It just always seems to end with a bit of controversy or be a close game and plenty of feeling, yep. especially going back to the James Graham days and the bent finger and why? Yeah. 
Um, but as we said, dogs hit extremely hard. Franklin Pelle out, Ockenbor out, Fitala Mariner out, Preston has his hand stitched up and has been named, but not sure. King had to go see a doctor to be cleared of a serious eye injury, um, and he's been named as well. So those two guys, I guess, uh, are a bit touch and go, but with the injuries, they've got Harrison Edwards coming in um, at lock. Jackson Topine or Topany is in. Jaden Tano is on the bench as well. Kickout misses another week because he had the head knock. So extremely light on in the forward pack. You're going to have King and Sutton starting if King plays in the front row. Waddell now moves into the edge with Preston if he plays. Edwards at lock and then their bench is Moran, Tano, Torpenny and Reynolds. Mm. Like they're, they're really having to dig deep here. And then, then you look at their reserves. Davies just got back again, from a concussion or a long layoff. Reese Hoffman, who wasn't in their top 30 until they pushed Odo out. Sam Hughes, Oluapu, Braden Burns. Um, they're really struggling to find some forward bodies at the moment, that's for sure. On the flip side of that for South, Johnston obviously misses a game after KOing himself last week. Tan Milne takes his spot. Tavita Totolo has been named to return from an injury. He's had a rough start in the year. Saluka Fafita goes to the bench. Cheekham. 18th man I, I think purely on what was going on with the packs it was already going to be difficult but I think Seattle really want to make a statement it's been a rough start I think they need a good win I agree I'm not saying it's a bloodbath or anything but I think they need a good good yeah, win I where they're in control and uh, they're in the driver's seat and probably the big one as well there's been a little bit of criticism of Latrell I think he definitely needs to have his hands all over this one be a lot busier help out in yardage take some of those early carries it's not the flashy stuff or the tries or anything it's just more being involved when it's needed. And I think while they've been light on, they've probably needed him a bit more than what he's contributed so far. So um, I think we'll get that on a big occasion like this. And bluebet.com.au got those odds fairly heavily favour of South. They're $1.28, 3.70 for the dogs, minus 11.5 is the line there for the dogs if you think they've got a bit of fight in them. Friday wraps up with 8 o'clock game, another derby. You've got the Cowboys for the first time up against the Dolphins. Scotty Drinkwater returns. Tom Chester, though, stays in the side on the bench with some of the changes they've had. Uh, you've got Mitch Dunn having to start in the front row with Ruben Cotter, who's making an early return. Hess is in the back row now with Griffin Neem, who's at the move in with Lukey now missing. And the bench, they've got Granville, you know, who's played outside backs and hooker. Chester, who's a half fullback. Tanoa Brown, Riley Price holding his spot, but Lukey, McLean, Obviously, find their way out of the side via injury, and then all those other guys I mentioned before, your Tulagis, your Nanais, and all that missing. They're uh, they're also starting to get a bit light on, mm. but they've luckily coming into a team who's also got some injuries. They've got Nikarima coming back to play at five eight, so another halves pairing. Katoa pushes back into halfback with Milford out for up to a month. Apparently, Edric Lee's been named to play his first game of the year. Jack Bostock is out of the side and back onto the bench comes Kurt Donahue who's recalled in place of Mason Teague Felice Kafusi is still missing uh, tough one I think a bit like last yeah, week I, I, think the, Cowboys. I think the Cowboys have to win yeah but you take more troops out again and what was already sort of lacking in terms of the middle uh, big ask for Dunn and then just saw that rotation they're probably going to have to rotate Tanoa Brown, Riley Price, you're going to have to have huge minutes out of Tom Malolo and then Neiman Hess playing edges again, guys that have been more conditioned to playing middle, they're going to have to stretch. So, 
tough ask. Mm. Um, but yeah, a really interesting game this one. I, I expect this one to be close. Uh, and on the odds, it's not so much. But the Cowboys with bluebet.com.au, $1.27 favorite, 380 for the Dolphins, 11 and a half start. If you think they can bounce back and find a bit more fight again this week, Saturday kicks off with a cracker. There's a triple header at Bluebet Stadium for the Panthers. So if you're a Panther fan or a Manly fan, you got Flag Cup in the NRL. I think it all kicks off around 1 o'clock, but NRL 5.30, Manly up against the Panthers. In terms of the Penrith side of things, Fisher-Harris sideline with that knee injury. Matt Eisenhuth comes in the start at front row. Sonny Luke is back on the bench after his concussion. Tyron Peachy goes to 18th man. Liam Martin still remains sidelined for Manly. Jason Saab has been named on the wing, returning from ACL. Tui Pilotu is out. Josh Schuster has been named. So Cooper Johns goes back to the reserves. And Ben Trevojevic is out. So Carl Lawton has been added to the bench. This one, I, I think they've really got a big upside in what they've got in their forward pack and what they can probably do to Penrith. What worries me is exactly what we talked about before, just defensively. Them applying themselves across 80 minutes. I know Penrith still sort of working through their attack and where they're at and losing fish hurts and having this different back row and they're a bit light on for the bench, but they certainly won't roll over for anybody. So um, I'm intrigued to think about Manly. Uh, but I think also Saab, first game back, I think it's huge. It's like seven and a half months off an ACL. That's early um, to think that. And Jeez, what are the odds on this To one? have Lawton and Weeks on the bench, two sort of utilities to go along with two middles. That surprises me. Penrith with bluebet.com.au, $1.32 favorite. Manly, three forty. Wow. I think it's a lot closer than that. Nine and a half to start. I Especially think, with James Fisher-Harris. Yeah, but that's a, big a out. massive out. So you've got Eisenhuth, who can probably play 20, and that's a stretch. Laota's still gonna, got no... Um, well, Laota's going to have to play 50, no Liam Martin there 50 or so Sorensen, he's a good player, but he's not He's not putting a hole in you, is he? No, well, him and Hosking are both sort of grinders if he can weed yeah. down. But like, I'm more worried about the middle rotation. Moses already had to play big minutes last week. Izo, you're pushing to get your 20 out of. Lindsay's still young, and Spencer's, again, been more a 15, 20-minute punch. Mate, if Manly are ever going to beat Penrith, this is the day. Mm. And this would be a huge confidence builder for the Seagulls. I'll, I'll tip Manly. And that's not because of any association. I just I like the matchup. Yeah, I like the matchup. I'm sticking with Penrith, but not a lot. I, of I also think prior to last week, Penrith they struggled to score points. Yeah, Garrick and Parker are same edge, aren't they? Garrick and left Parker, side. Yeah, they're left. Yeah. So you got Harper with Saab and his first game back on the other edge. On the right, which is Penrith's left, I think that's probably the spot that concerns me if Penrith get any good ball. Mm. So, interesting, but I think, yeah, with Paseca, Jake who punches out 80. How's Paseca been playing? It's been awesome. Well, He's been mate. playing 55 minutes. Jake cool. also finally going into that role where he should have been basically saves the interchanges. Because if, if you need to get 80, year, he just plays 80. Like, Paseca played against us twice in cup last year, and he just looked like a plotter in cup. Mm. And now he looks like Fit. one of the best damaging front rowers in the comp. It's amazing, what again, what a mindset shift can do. But yeah. to think, again, he's playing good minutes, but to have Jake, who's basically an 80-minute plug there if you want him to be. Mm. You don't have to rely on having heavy minutes from Kepi or Bullimore. You can limit that impact or roll LIA again or do what they've done with Tulagi, which I wouldn't have been doing. But with the two back rowers, the middle stability they have there, it leaves him extra room for interchanges. So if they want to inject a week's 
and just let him float around. Or if Lawton's going to replace Croker, I don't know. Or they're going to play him as a bit of an extra middle like Des used to. Uh, not quite sure there, but looking at any other changes, I guess if there's any day up, or like you said, around Saab coming back early, Vega, Rain Vega, could come in and play there. Yeah, he could. If there's yeah. a late switch in, in terms of middles or any other change, Woods has been named in that 22. I know they brought him over. And if they didn't go with the sort of two utilities, I, I sort of look at Weeks and Lawton and think I'd, I'd probably want an extra body rather than having two sort of guys that are hook a half sort of cover. But like you said, I think they're never going to get much better opportunity up against Penrith than what they are right now. Yeah, that, the odds surprise me. Mm. Broncos, Raiders, Saturday night. This is really important for the Raiders to show some spark, and it's a very hard matchup to be going into after the run they've already had. They had the double Queensland trip, close results, you know, an absolute slapping from the Panthers last week at home, and now you have to go back up to Queensland and play the Broncos or 5-0 at Suncorp. Yeah. Primetime Saturday. Um, the beauty of things for the Brisbane so far is stability, and that's the case again. They get the same 17. Cabby Hetherington's also been playing quite well in Cup, so they've got that depth sort of behind them as well. Oates is the only one who's basically missing at this point in time. You know, so they're in a really good spot there. For the Raiders, Jared Croker is recalled in the centres for the first time since round nine last year. White's still out for another week. Frawley got injured last week, so Brad Schneider comes in. So another change in the halves for the Raiders. Xavier Savage, they reckon, still a week or two away. Horsberg starts at lock with Harawira Naira going back to the bench. Uh, if their forward pack doesn't stand up here, they'll get absolutely trampled. And the change in the outside back, Smith Shields is obviously the one to make way for Croker. I've said before, you know, a guy that played fullback mostly to the juniors, they didn't use him there. They've stuck with Chris. Um, this is, it's going to be very, very interesting, but huge ask for Tomoko, who again at times can get disconnected in Croker after such a long period out, matching up on Stags and Farmworth. And then again, if they don't win the middle to start with, it's going to be even more exposed with the guy that Walsh sweeping around those, those two sides of the field. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying it's going to happen again, but I've got genuine concerns. I'm going Brisbane. Yeah, I'll, I'm going Brisbane until... Yeah, until they prove otherwise. Yeah. And until Canberra prove otherwise but at the moment. It's, it's well. with that forward pack. Like, I know the halves situation, the spine's not great right now. I don't mind him starting Horsburgh. I actually like that. I do too, because he's nuts. And sometimes his impact <laughs> he's, can be... Um, his, his impact can be negative in a he, sense uh, if he's on too late. I'd rather just I let him go. he's had far more positive impact recently than negative impact. He, like he needs to watch himself, though. I love it. The, the triangle yeah. chokehold and then the one bef- week before where he pushed Hunt where I thought he should have been in trouble. He, he's pushing it. It's excellent. So, big, yeah. Big fan. Massive challenge. I think he'll be laying down this week to his forwards to lay a platform and give him an opportunity because that's where they're going to win if they're going to win it all. Yeah, that's where it all starts. But the odds with this one with bluebet.com.au, they're huge outsiders. A dollar nineteen favorite are the Broncos. The Raiders four seventy, fourteen and a half start. You get there, and Sunday we have a double before the Easter Monday game. Sunday though, Easter Sunday, your Titans, you're already matched up against the Dragons again in the draw. Uh, looking for a bit of revenge, but very different side already. Sexton is now into the halves with Tanner Boyd, as we know, foreign. Brimson missing, and with that as well, obviously you've got Campbell playing uh, in at one there. So that's a change. And the new man on the bench, Cleese Haas, is in on the bench as well. Cruz Leeming also signed this week for you guys, so you've got another hooker option there. Yeah. From the club that you follow in England, Leeds, he was the captain. Yep. He ended up being benched for the grand final. He wasn't named captain again to start the season. 
I think in his words, he basically put it down to, you know, that's sort of what, the way things going with the coach. So I don't know if it was bad blood or just a different direction with Rowan Smith, but um, yeah. he's left and he's come over here. I guess there's no no time like the present. It sort of works out for everybody. You need a hooker. He's played for England over there. He's played, you know, some good football. He's 26, 27 years old. I'm heading to a club where there's probably going to be an opportunity to play some football. So I guess see what happens. Yeah. Thoughts? Anything you can, you've seen? No, think? look, I'll be interested to see how he goes in the NRL. Like it's, it's just a different standard, isn't it? He's straight into the extended squad, so I don't know how long he's been here for or got much training under his belt. I, d- I doubt they'll reach for him when they've got Aaron Clark on the bench who come through as a hooker before turning into a lock and he got Randall. Probably be a week, hmm. I guess, before they look at him. And Verrills is still going to be missing for a while. But I'd expect next week and he might be straight into the rotation. Yeah. Um, but interesting one. Uh, for the Dragon side of things, on the back of that win, they got the same 17. Sewer had a calf issue. He failed to finish the game, but they'll monitor him as the week progresses. And Ravalawa and DeBellin, they were both charged, but they accepted fines and their right to play. So I guess looking... Uh, at the sewer situation and what they've got there. If he's out, maybe Bird goes into the back row. DeBellin starts at lock and then they call up Mick Molo or Musgrove back to the bench to play as a middle. Something like that. Um, I don't have a great deal of confidence in either of these teams, but at the moment, I I think on what I've seen, I'm going to have to go with the Dragons. And that really bothers me, but you guys have been up and down You've been inconsistent defensively, and I've said it before. I, I think out of those halves, I thought Sexton deserved to get the first crack with Foran and Brimson and all those guys. But to have Boyd and Sexton together now with Randall and Campbell, I'm just—I don't know if I can trust that spine right now. Mm. Want to go to the Titans? Titans. Well, let's see what the bookies at Bluebet have got to say, and they've got the Titans favourites, dollar seventy-four. 210 for the Dragons, minus two and a half is the line for that one. Newcastle Warriors, 615 at Newcastle. I'm sure that'll be a belter crowd after what they've seen the last few weeks. Tyson Gamble is out. Uh, so Phoenix Crossland goes into the halves with Hastings. Again, another change in their halves pairing. Kurtman returns on the bench after missing the week before with a concussion. Matt Croker is also good to go. After a bit of a rib issue, Jack Johns is starting. At lock again. And for the Warriors side of things, Tamari Martin and Tohu Harris have both been named to return in boosts for their team. Uh, Harris pushes Tavaga back to the bench while Bailey Sirinan will start in the back row with Murata near Corey suspended for that hip drop. What do you think here? Pick Newcastle at home. Bump no, crowds. No. Sunday night. I keep picking... Keep picking the Warriors, man. I'm on the Warriors as well, but I, th- I think this one could be... Hopefully it's a belt. One of the best games of the round. And after going up there now a couple of times... It's another round one replay. Mate, they were turning up last year when I went to watch Forney play his 200th when they were playing absolute pus the Knights, and their fans still roll up. So I can only imagine with what they've seen, like I said, the last few weeks and quality football on a public holiday, that this would be a belter crowd. Hope so. Um, hopefully a hell of a contest as well. There's some very, very big bodies here that are going to be jamming into each other and they've got some powerful outside backs uh, looking forward to watching that <coughs> one me. the odds with bluebet.com.au slight favourites are the Warriors $1.80 Newcastle $2 so they agree they think it's going to be close minus one and a half 
is the line there. And then Easter Monday, the old long weekend, how bloody good. You've got the Tigers up against the Eels. And, and similarly, this game in the past hasn't tended to matter where they are on the ladder. This one's throwing up a few results uh, that have been upsets. Yeah, I'm pretty sure last year was an upset, wasn't it? Parramatta were in good form and the Tigers rolled them. Mate, this was, was the Hastings field goal where incredible. Madge almost jumped through the box. Yeah. Yeah, the front windscreen. So I was there. Looking was at this one, shuffling again. They've given up on that spine. Dewey has gone back to 5'8". Staines gets a crack at fullback. Brent Naden returns. Asu Kapoa goes to the wing. Offer Hingawi's back in after being dropped. Matt Moore goes out in 18th man. And Tommy Talao, uh, they thought might be considered this week, but the broker knows he's still sidelined. For the Eels, Sean Lane returns after missing the opening five games. So that's a big in for them. So Jermaine Hopgood goes to the bench. Hayes Dunster comes in for his first game with Bailey Simonson suspended. And Sean Russell replaces Mona Blake, like I said at the start of the show, that a few weeks ago they were saying shoulder surgery in season over. Mm. So clearly if it's a rotator cuff or whatever it is that he's damaged, it's at a point where they can't do much more and possibly they're just going to rehab and strap it and see how he goes. It's interesting. That's a risk in itself. Um, And he's in the centres. He's mainly played on the wing for them. So that's also a big ask depending on who you matched up on and if you've got a bung wing as well. That always hurts. And Paulo, he's got to miss one more week, but um, just looking at the makeup of their team now. So... Panasini, Sivo, Russell, Dunstar. So you got sort of a new back line there. Weary McGrigg starting again in the front row. Lane Cartwright and Madison. And their bench now is Hands, Murchie, Makatoa, and Hopgood. I thought Hopgood's minutes might decrease uh, or they'd consider starting him and then rolling in Madison or what would happen with Cartwright. But Cartwright certainly played good enough to hold that spot for now. Agree. Um, but I really like Madison with that bench role, but starting him is the 13. Fair enough. It wouldn't surprise me if they considered starting with Hopgood, rolling him in and getting a weary McGregor off early and just dragging the extra interchange that way. Um, interesting to see how that plays out. I just can't tip the Tigers until they get a win. <laughs> me either. So regardless of no Paulo and a couple of changes in the outside backs, got to see more. Um, I, I think for a guy like Arpy right now, this is that sort of thing where we talk about again. You get that big paycheck, but I'm sure there's other teams that might have been interested for a little bit less that were better money than Penrith. Mm. I don't know if this is, you know, ideal at the end of the day. Sometimes when you turn up, you're not happy at your workplace. But, you know, Staines and another spine change, like, you know, Wakeham, like late signing, and he's the answer after that 12 minutes where we talked about where not much of it was related to him. And Dewey goes back to one, now Dewey goes back to the halves. Staines comes over for opportunities on a wing. He's not the team, now he's fullback. Just, yeah, there's a fair bit going on. And another shuffle in terms, like I said, that forward pack. Um, yeah, hope for their fans that there's a result soon. For the fans. For the fans. But let's have a look at the odds for this one. Easter Monday with bluebet.com.au. The Eels are twenty. The Tigers, 450, 13.5 is the line there. And while we're here... Have a look at the futures. It's been a couple of weeks now. The Premiership market, the Panthers still the favourite. Premiership. Premiership. James Hooper. <laughs> Speaking of the Tigers, he said that Pasquet was an absolute paddle pop line. He was a pretender. <laughs> I don't even know what a paddle pop line is. Paddle pop line. He's a pretender. This bloke, he needed to go 18 months ago. The drums have been boiding. The a paddle pop line. I don't know. That's that, hilarious. That was a great one. The answer is a pineapple. 
He's he, a he's a paddle pop loin. He's an absolute paddle pop loin. I was like, what the fuck does that mean? Just <laughs> because he's a made up character, he's saying he's a pretender. He's just saying he's an idiot, basically. Oh, I was like, wow. But the Panthers, they still hold favoritism. Four dollars. The Roosters sitting not far behind at four fifty. The Broncos, I, I think they started closer out near twenties. They're into seven. Souths nine, Storm nines. They were out in the mid-teens last week. That's about the best odds you've ever, ever been able to get. Manly, 15s, along with Cronulla and the Warriors. I don't know what they started at, but they're all the way into 23s. Mm. Um, Cowboys out to 23. Para 26. Warriors would have been 50 to 1, surely. Oh, probably more. Well, that, that's probably where I think it, your chances end there. They've got the Dogs at 26, but yeah, I don't see the Dogs or... Power anyone sort of beyond that, and your West Tigers now two hundred fifty one dollars. So those ridiculously short odds that we talked about for the Spooner, uh, I think you know the Dolphins were the shortest one I've ever seen. It's now the Tigers a dollar eighty for the Spoon, the Dragons Raiders at eight dollars nines for the night. So at the moment, it's just staying with the Tigers. It could be collecting back to back wooden spoons. So. Um, the top eight odds, like we said, we talk about some of these teams. I think, you know, they're, they're still very, very short in terms of Brisbane, Panthers, Roosters, Storm, Souths and Sharks, even with a couple of losses, $1.35, $1.50. Manly, now $1.60 to make. I think they were double digits. The Warriors, $1.90. Cowboys, who are one that I had in, I definitely a lot of people probably did. They're now outside $2 mm. to make the eight. So even though they're a bit shaky right now, if you think that's a bit of value. Can you multi them up? Uh, I think we have to have them as singles. I think you could, like, there was a futures multi setting prior. I don't know if there is now. There you go, and are all futures multis. Yeah, right. So, I think this one allows you to put those together. Yeah, got, yeah got. so if you, you know, said now you still want them to make the eight with yeah, two dollars, or you're now keen on Brisbane or someone for the top four or someone like that to chuck yeah. it all together. You can go into futures multis and it'll only give you the market of top eight, top four grand final win for yeah. every club. So there you go. I don't think there's any real surprise in many of those markets, but no. certainly that middle section like we sent again has compressed up a bit mm. to where it would have started. Um, and fingers crossed mm. for another great week for the charity account. Hope so. Rack up some cash. Yeah, keep winning some. Like I said last week, pick three from three. I couldn't pick a broken nose for myself. Killing me. Ain't that the way. Mm. And the worst part is I had a couple of them rolled into a selection and it was the Sharks that killed me. Bastards. 26-6, I was counting my money already. I was like, oh, yes. Yeah. Going to spend that cash. I had it, mate. I was like Buzz. I was going to go get a jungle curry, as he likes to say, a hot jungle curry chicken. But it, it disappeared, mate. The money was there and it was gone before I even got it. I'm the alpha. I'm the alpha. He's got a blade. <laughs> Tell you what, I loved it. After I fired up last week and said, fucking, there's not much going on, you know, in terms of the, the feedback with the TVs and the pods and all the bit. We got heaps. Yeah. It was good. Some I'd already had a look at, but this is what we want. We need more of this sort of stuff going on. Yeah. We need a little bit more feedback so, and so interaction with the fans. I enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah, there were some good recommendations. There were some funny ones. Some that you got sent a few videos from forgetting Sarah Marshall. I did, yeah. You've got to get you on board. It's a good laugh. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that beats an old school comedy. Movies like that, Superbad, 40-Year-Old Virgin, yeah, Knocked Superbad's Up. Yeah, a great movie. Mate, that, knock, knock that, still, movie. that still could be one of my favourites of all time. That's right up there. Okay. Just the simple stuff. 
the real simple stuff. Like when he's playing soccer and he runs out there, he's like, we're down 2-0. He's like, calm down. It's fucking soccer. <laughs> so this is great. This is great. All those sort of movies. I'm into stupid comedies. They're the best. Oh, yeah. 40-year-old virgin. How many times have I used to watch that? Steve Carell. Some of you Great best. movie. Absolutely outstanding. And then to have all those guys in there, Paul Rudd, Seth Rogen, massively underrated. That's the sort of stuff we want. If you've got, if, particularly if you're a comedy person out there, hit me if you've just got a random one that a lot of people would pass by or not look at. I wouldn't find that funny. I do love a comedy movie that's just an, a, a bit of a hidden gem. That's where I'm at. Friday. Friday. Love the Friday movies. They're always good value. Uh, I was a fan of Anchorman. I don't think you were much on that, were you? I'm all like the stupidity of it. It's great. Second one was a bit out there, but again, just love love the character in general. And what about what was it? So what you got me onto that I started watching a bit more is all the powers. Unreal. I'm enjoying the powers. Um, what was the one? Someone sent me Night Agent on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'd got yeah. that recommendation only a couple of days before. Same. And then yeah. we've got a few on there, so. Wit and Bushy were under that. I haven't yeah. watched it yet, but I've, I've heard a lot of people now throwing Succession? That you watched Succession. Week. Yeah, I haven't watched Succession yet. It's good. Not under that. And the podcast has a few recommendations as well, which is good, because I sort of generally stick to my sporting rotation. Then I've got a couple of comedians that have shows that I like listening to for a bit of a laugh. But I definitely need to add some new stuff into the pod rotation. So a few of those come through as well. Keep it coming. It's good. Keep them coming, man. You got some good stuff. Keep it coming. We love it. But there you go. There's another one I watched this week. It was a Formula One. Formula One. Formula One documentary. Ricky Bobby, I will defeat you in Formula One. Where is it? A documentary on Formula One. Yeah. Yeah, no. Was it on Netflix or something? Or elsewhere? It's called Villeneuve Peroni. Villeneuve Peroni? Yeah. Never heard of it. What's it's that on? Racing's Untold Tragedy. Um, yeah, it's on Sky Sky Sports. So I think you can, if you've got a VPN, you can access it through Sky Sports UK. Uh, otherwise, you have to do a bit a little, little bit of digging on the dark interweb. You lost me at VPN. I do, I do not know what that is. But. Yeah, I think it'll eventually hit our screens over here, I suppose. But I found a... Yeah, I just shot myself over to London and away I went. I watched it that way. But there you go, mate. Virtual you're, private you're network, like somewhere mate. on the black can, market. You're you like one of those ping, scammers no. that rings me in the afternoon. You after can pin day. yourself across to different places, mate. Okay. Same as... Um, Are you Mr. Robot? No, you can you can pin yourself as though you're in the US and get the US Netflix. Can I finish? <laughs> can I finish? Can I finish? Are you Mr. Robot? Uh, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Robot. Mate, you're hacking and... I'm not hacking anymore. Rocks in England just... and then he was in Dubai. Then two seconds later he was giving in... You, giving you free information. He was in Colombia. I'm paying me Netflix subscription, so you can just fuck off. You're saying... You, you, you had a... Look, mate, you've had a hate on with Dom Maze and Domino's. So now you're telling Netflix to fuck off. No, I'm not telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you to fuck off, mate. Mate, it's my I'm birthday. not doing anything wrong, mate. It's my birthday. Same as uh, <laughs> Disney Plus. Like, you get heaps more if you ping yourself to the US. Their libraries are way bigger. Fair enough. So, yeah. If you like Brock and you can Mr. Robot, I don't know nothing about VPNs. VPN. Just put yourself in America and then log on to your Netflix account and 
or your Disney Plus. I think Amazon actually got me. They're like, nah, you're full of shit. Well, there you go. So, because they must be able to get you. For the one who does the recording and all the bits and pieces on here, you're my tax over the moon. This is about as techy as I get. Oh, and I'm still man. hopeless. An old mate over here it's shooting, free information, mate. shooting himself in a different country. It's the same as when the NFL's on. If you ping yourself into a certain city, you can get heaps more stuff from the NFL on ESPN or on all the stuff that's local, like Channel 9 or Channel 7 to us, mm. ESPN and some of their channels to them. You can just access heaps of free stuff. It's cool. Well, there you go. Like you live in there. So Without actually having an address. There you go, people. The drums are beating. If you people would be going, I can't believe fucking Lewis never. If you don't have a VPN, he's basically saying that you're a dropkick. You're a dead set no, paddle no, pop no. I just think there's a lot of people out there that already have one, and I'm telling them nothing new. Oh, who was the other one? I've got? I, Josh Ian. I was late to get back to him. He was asking uh, about the game and the details where you were at Manly on the weekend. He did come out and watch. Oh, did he? He said he saw you. Uh, but he just thought he'd leave you alone because you look like you're in the mode. I said he should have sledged you. So. <laughs> yeah. He should have sledged me. If anyone's there and you say, Brock, say hi, mate. Don't be afraid to say hi. Say hello. Say hello. Say hey, paddle pop loin. Just look at him and go, hey, fathead. Yeah. Paddle pop loin. You're an absolute pretender. Well, we had a win on the weekend, so. Yeah. Things are a little bit better this week. Good times. And yeah. he, you're at Penrith this week. Like Penrith said that triple week. header. On Foxtel again. Looking forward to it. I actually got a couple of messages from the week before when we were on Foxtel. And oh, when Spud was talking Spud about... Spud was talking about... You, you wouldn't drop your baby, would you? Why would you want to coach <laughs> for on that, Jim, and you're just leaning your hand? I'm like, they've got him again. Yeah. They've gone in close. They've got me. Put the camera on someone else. It wasn't great. Yeah, the deep concern. Look, the, the finger and the thumb just staring down. There was no deep concern, look. No, nah, it was the other. There's a bunch of errors and everyone was staring. He it was, was talking just, about, look, you wouldn't drop your baby. If like, you think drop the, football, wouldn't you? If you think that you're watching a game and you, you think, this is fucking boring, if you don't think the coaches are thinking the same thing, <laughs> you're sadly mistaken. But it's just you've got skin in the game and you're yeah. trying to... Yeah, work out ways to you are help right. your team. We've sat through a few bludges where it's a shit man. game and everyone's making errors. There's a low game and everyone as a coach sitting there going, this is fucking rubbish. This is poo. You got yeah. fucking, <laughs> seriously, wake the fuck up. But more often than not, you get in the sheds and the, and the players say the same thing. Yeah, they're they're like, that was a shit game. No, they yeah. they're not dumb. It's a bit like uh, when we played Souths last year there and it was a shit day yeah, and we it was just raining. and spanked. We couldn't hold the footy. We got penalties looking at it and you're like, they knew. They didn't need to be told. They knew it was a shit day. What's plenty, the rain? plenty of good days, but we, yeah. Yeah, we had a few bad days. That's what you Sometimes you have one where you're just sitting there and you're looking and you go, what the fuck is going yeah. on here? I guess the thing as a coach now, it's like, I don't I don't get too high or too low. Just nah. Next week. Because you've got to take the good with the bad. Like you said, you always know there's another gap. Yeah, and I'm comfortable in my process to prepare and be ready and educate your players and make sure that the team's in a good position to be successful. Once they get out on the field, you've got little control. Mate. Half time, a little bit of control at half time. I think the the biggest thing, if you want you want to really know the impact that coaches have, watch how their team plays after half time. I think like it's that's the only real time that you get to have a bit of an adjustment adjustment like period. Yeah, like I think a lot of good coaching happens at half time, and a lot of smart adjustments happen at half time. Mm. You know, and I, yeah, you just you watch a lot of teams, you go, geez, that's like, that's good coaching, and sometimes I, I suppose that. Might be blatantly obvious some of the adjustments, but sometimes it's also not. And you think, geez, that's that's really good. 
Well, there you go. There's a bit more coaching insight. We had comments around that as well that people enjoy, you know, a bit more of an insight to like thoughts on coaching and philosophy, like being around it rather than. It's no different know. to playing. Yeah, I know. Like, what, just, what, what the more you games you get, coach, the more training sessions you control, the more video sessions you run. Even last week, I think people took a bit more, like when we're making the point about the easy narrative, I guess, for media or some people just to like pick on a guy like Flanagan other than looking at reasons why things are happening within a team like actually give a bit of insight as you know to what's going on around that picking on when I was Kyle talking Flanagan. about every week it's just ah Flanagan they're Flanagan I'm like fuck there's yeah. more going on than just Kyle Flanagan it's not to say he's playing well but you don't just dump everything on one person you, you, also, you also need to understand what's been asked of him exactly no you, one you don't no know. one really knows what's been asked of a player no week but, to week within a team you I, can you can work it out but no coach is going to tell you, oh, this is the plan I've got. No, and that, that's like is. your back rowers are. I hear some people yeah. sometimes go, this back row does fuck all. Like, well, you don't know whether he's been told, hold shape or do this. Like there's certain coaches ask different things of different players mm. in certain positions. You might have a back row that comes in as 15 carries. You if might you have think one. he's doing fuck all, there's probably someone outside him that's doing a lot. Yeah. And there's a reason for or that. Or vice versa. Yeah. And that's mm. why, like I said the week before, again, the coaching reason where the narrative was, well, Lay Otter and Fish only had four carries and six carries, but the outside backs were 300 plus and 20 on what? Well, that's because they wanted to front load with their middles who both made 50 plus tackles and just trying to bash the fuck out of the eels. So there was a reason. But that's there. also the style of team that they are. Yeah, well, they were, so that's they the point. Play. Like, oh, they were quiet on what? Well, mm. it's not quiet if you've made 50 plus tackles and you're trying to shoot player yeah. one and two and like see the reasons as to why. Like, it's a bit more insight, I guess, into it rather than always finding a reason just to look at numbers or stats again. Like we said, that don't always quantify things. Yeah. Sometimes they can, sometimes they can't. We've got we've got the Panthers this week, which will be I'm uh, very interesting. I'm going to be there. It'll be good for the triple header. Good challenge for us. I proposed something today, which could possibly be quite a good day for me. So yeah, good. Looking forward to it. Good man. What hell shall make you get back, shepherd, mate? You're fucking terrible, mate. You're a paddle pop lion. <laughs> you are a paddle pop lion, an absolute pretender. Yeah. What did they see in you? Seebs, come over here. I'll give you the roundhouse. Get the bizarre. <laughs> Use the dark arts of the storm. The new the wrestling. The new technique. Put him in a wrist lock. They, come here. They invented it. They invented all of it. Jiu-jitsu. <laughs> started in Melbourne. Ah, uh, how good. I was waiting for comments that have been coming out of the hip drop to say that we started that one too, just jumping on people's legs. Well, it would be a matter of talk. Hip drop. Yeah. Look forward to it. Mm. Oh, there you go. That wraps us up. Enjoy your Easter, friends. Long weekend, everybody out there. Be stay safe. safe. I think if you're going to go driving and... Yeah, don't drink. Get an Uber. Yeah, no, more just, yeah, go on Have a desert. Got family and... Family, yeah. friends, enjoy. Like, like, I guess like sort of the stuff we said during COVID, I guess now that we've been back yet stay and, safe. and about for sort of people saying stay safe. Eighteen man. months or whatever. Yeah, but it's true though. It's just a fucking thing to say. If you're gonna have twenty, get an Uber. Yeah. Have a Deso. Plan ahead. Be safe every Have a day. plan B, like the ad says with that fairy guy that takes the keys off him, the, the fairy godmother of drinking. Use your brain, mate. The Daniel Ricardo Heineken drink driving ad's pretty good. Didn't say it. Yeah. Was it on when the F one was on? Yeah, yeah, it's been on That's probably why I did It's so. been on Foxtel, I think, a fair bit. And uh, I guess, again, good food. I know some people... I, again, I don't want to bring up a sad memory because tomorrow's the anniversary of Renault Nam Pass, but I used to love Good Friday. She used to do hand-cut chips and fish. And I don't, I'm not a big fan of fish, but she used to do a mean feed on Good Friday. Yeah, that was the only day of the year I used to eat fish. I know, and a cheesecake. Yeah. Fuck, I miss that cheesecake. <laughs> Jeez, sit, sit in the front room watching <laughs> the So just after you've given me a cake tonight and my missus made me cakes, I was like, geez, I'm a fat fuck. Yeah, <laughs> 
<laughs> Sometimes you just got to eat a lot I'm of cake, mate. Chase, cheesecakes, caramel cakes, chicken, chippies, bloody beers, mate. It's, yeah. 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 I've had a couple of these new Hans. The Han Ultras. Han Ultras. I like them. Yeah. Less, less carbs. I could do with less carbs had, in my life. Uh, two of those, and I think I'll be reaching for a third once we're finished here. Less carbs, same alcohol. Win-win. Tick, tick, people. Oh, tick. If, you, if you're into that sort of thing. But what Box said, um, enjoy. Nothing better than a long weekend. Full day. How good. Lots yeah. of food, lots of football. Drink responsibly. If you're not going to drink responsibly, don't drive. Simple. Drink irresponsibly. Some of us can't drink irresponsibly. <laughs> if you like, man, you're going to have a lash as well. Do it. What are you having a lash on? Footy. Cool. Oh, footy, yeah. Second day of the championships on Saturday. I'll have a look at that. But I'll be at footy for most of that, which sucks. But mm. anyway, but again, stiff shit, not with the show. Let's roll through the last part and then we'll wrap things up. Thank you, bluebet.com.au. Download the app today. Visit the website, the True Blue Bookie charity account. Let's go. Try to bank some more cash. But remember, what are you really gambling with? Free and confidential support. Visit gamblinghelpline.org.au. Toby and the crew there at Sinclair Hyundai Penrith. Get yourself into Hyundai. Go see Toby and the team. Tell them fifth and last set your corner of York Road and Bat Street, Penrith, and Jake and the crew, Penrith Solar Center, 1800 or www.penrithsolar.com.au. They have a ripper showroom. They've got on-site training. They could answer any bloody question under the sun you want. If you'd start Jake on solar, it'd be like listening to me on this podcast for football. Super. Your fucking ears will be bleeding. He won't let you go. He's the Elon of Penrith. Is what I like to call him. His head's on the side of every fucking bus. Yeah. See the bloke every time I'm out there. He's done good. But he loves what he does. He's genuine and there's no one better to go. So yeah. thank you to all those guys and thank you, you mate. Yeah. Birthdays as you get older, they're not as enjoyable, I must admit, but it's been a good day. Aren't they? And the favorite. Jesus. That, it's a bit know. dark. But it was great to come here because my favorite part of the week is seeing you and the kids and I got to do that on my birthday. Yeah. Got cake, got prezies, we had a good laugh. It was even funny when your young bloke told me what my present was before we opened it. I did, yeah. That was great. Like, Doesn't yeah. quite get the concept of a present. It was awesome. That was the yeah. fucking highlight of the day. Yeah, good. So, and thanks for the feed as always and a couple of scoon Yeah, good. Love it. 33 and thriving. How good. But yeah. for everybody out there, as we always say, and especially for a long weekend, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on, give us more, give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.